Now we are. Hey, does anyone know who won the Daytona? Sutton's got Google right up there. There you go. Anyone? Anyone? Because it was it was on the last thirty laps when we can't hold in. So. Logano won it. Oh. Huh? Well, they can have crashes. They it's could depending, be yeah. Oh, no, it says results. Final. Final. Yeah. So who are the top three? Stenhouse. There Second. You go. That's awesome. So Paul Zendrick, who was on in Crown before, yeah, that's his his that's driver. His, for his driver. Oh, no kidding. For Kroger Racing. No kidding. Yeah. Crazy. Guess who I have coming up here in a little bit? Who? Brad. Nice. nice. Oof. List of rules. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> List of rules. One signing contract before it starts. Yeah, we'll see what uh, we'll see how good we do there. Hi everyone, this is Paul with uh, Learn From Our Mistakes Seminars and today I am lucky enough to be sitting with James and Michelle and we are going to be listening to their stories. James uh, is going to go first and then Michelle's going to jump in and I can tell you that you wouldn't know it by looking at her. She's very beautiful, <laughs> but she would have zero issue hurting you or as much as ending your life. Yeah. If needed. That, that's pretty if much how need, I look at it. If needed, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if needed. And uh, we're not going to talk about your daughter because we're going to bring her on, who is equally as talented in academics and in jujitsu and other forms of martial arts. Yes. yes. Yep, Taekwondo. Yep. Crazy. Got it. Yep. So, so when yeah. did she tur turn 18? October. So we'll probably wait till then so she could swear and not feel bad and she'll be in college <laughs> and shit like that. Yeah, she'll be a senior. Yeah. Just, you know, turning 18 her senior year. Yeah, we'll have you back for that one. You guys can bring her in, set her on a couch. Yeah. That couch is actually for you guys. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I wanted to have you guys both on here. Yeah, because this was supposed to happen about a month ago. Yeah, it was probably, it was, it was a month, yeah. month ago and that wasn't going to come in. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I, 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 wanted, I knew what I wanted for a couch and... There, and there it is. And then my niece decided to have a birthday. So yep. that actually helped everything out. Helped everything pushed out. Pushed us out a couple more weeks and yep. we we're yep. good to go. No one was rushed. No, no. Nope. So was perfect. let's get in. Let's jump right in. You're up. Yeah. So James Lamprecht, um, no Paul from Crown, became friends. Yeah. Um, really excited to be on here. Thank you again. Yeah. I'm glad uh, you're here. And then when we kind of switched it up and added Michelle in, that was great because mm -hmm. we feed off each other pretty good. Yeah. yeah so we had 18 years or so. We're good. Yeah. It's yeah. good. It's good. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, lots of lots of learning from mistakes for me every day. So right. that's that's business. And um, to back up just a sec, yeah. When we had the seven one five guys on here, yeah, we brought up how Bud ruined your guys' uh, was it an anniversary on Crown where well, he just it, showed up? It was just that you know we were on Crown. Yeah, uh, he called that morning and said, "Hey, can I can fly in?" And we we're just like, "Yeah, why not?" We that's what we bought this big Durango bus. Yeah, that can. Do a hundred and yeah, with some miles supercharged Hemi in it. Exactly. Yeah. It just, you know, it just walks away from things yeah. <laughs> as it's crawling at you. <laughs> um and uh, yeah, so he was just taking naps at high speeds most of the time. Yeah. So I, I, I think it all started as I wouldn't say a joke, but we made it the fact that we're bringing this Hellcat Durango onto Crown and we have all of this space. Right. <laughs> like three rows of seating, you know. We and have tires, air yeah, compressors in the back. Yeah, we could have a whole party back. in there. And somehow along the way, it became, but you can come with, sure, why not? Yeah. 
Then he flies and the in. The biggest and... guy was in the back seat. Was I the only one telling him he was ruining oh, your weekend? Yeah, and yes, it was the best part of the, the whole drive. Because <laughs> we'd pull up next to each other, yeah. and you're like, roll down your window. Bud, you're ruining their whole vacation. That's right. It, it was, was a vacation great. for you guys. Was it your anniversary time? No, no. Um, actually, our anniversary's um, the 24th. Got oh, it. 27th. 27th. Seven. Yeah. All right. So back to you, where you grew up, everything like that. Yep. So um, grew up on the east side of St. Paul, um, Johnson Harding area. Uh, grew up there. Everything I did there was pretty much learned about cars. Mm-hmm. I was blessed with um, a neighbor moved in across the street. Knocked down his little one-stall garage and built a two-story garage back in the 90s. And um, that was, I already had a love for cars at that point. And then all of a sudden that just blossomed into me rebuilding motors, doing transmissions, learned about lots of cars. I was, let's see, I was probably eight or nine at that time when uh, he moved in and remote control cars were my thing at that point. Mm-hmm. And he had like every awesome Tamiya car that they could have had, Claude Busters, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden I can build cars myself. Wow. Yeah. At nine years old. So that was really cool. Um, so grew up there. Um, parents, Linda and Charlie, same house. They're still living in the same house. That's my cool. elementary school was on the back fence. Uh, brothers and sisters, uh, sister, Chrissy, um, she's a year and a half younger than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, she lives down in Egan with her kids now, gymnastics family, pretty much. Did you uh, play any sports growing up? Um, I did a little bit of baseball when I was younger. Wasn't my thing. Uh, I got into basketball, was on the high school basketball team. Mm-hmm. So that was good at Harding. Yep. Um, wasn't a starter, just that guy that always just got out there and grinded away and was there to get stuff done when I needed to. So it was fun. Um, that's where my sports career kind of ended, but. So you went to Harding High School? Harding High School. Mm-hmm. Did you know by chance, Sarah Carlson, she was on the, she was an Allstate. I mean, I think they retired her name there for badminton mm. of all things. You guys had all the sports there. Yeah, every sport. Yeah, yeah. and I know every it's a sport. big school. I was taking a just yeah, stab so in the dark. Yeah. Don't worry, that's the other thing I, I laugh because where Peyton is now for school, mm-hmm. his class is going to be lucky, what, if it's 300? Yeah, I think it, right now he's at was, like 103 for his graduating class. I think mine was like class. 1,300. Wow. I was like, yeah. I didn't know everybody at yeah, my yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, you're not exactly. supposed to. It was a stab in the dark. Mm-hmm. So then you graduate high school. 19, what was your interest then? My interest, 100%. My number one goal in life was to be an uh, architect. An architect. Yep. Um, and then I, when I hit my senior year, I realized, and we went to enough schools, went to do the, the college tours, Yeah. went to the U of M, went down to Mankato, toured them, was still really excited about it, but realized and talked to enough people that architects are lots of fun you get to design really cool things i was doing i was drawing houses when i was five or six already making floor plans and it was great uh the big thing was is that they're like yeah just gonna let you know and we're just trying to be honest with you is that unless you become a principal owner yeah you are gonna grind for the next 20 years as just being piece of the cog yeah, because the only way they make money as architects is the owner does. Right. Because the the employees do all the work and exactly. he signs off on it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if And yeah. he's taking the liability and yeah, they're taking you're, the you're liabilities right, at right. that point. So that's great. And then I go, Yeah, that's should, not can I shut it off. 
that's not going to work for me. And, and then my, my dad was a union electrician his whole life, did a lot of stuff. His number one thing is, James, do not work in the field. Look at me. I've had back surgeries, neck surgeries, arm surgeries. You, you, you just don't want to be. You want to be the guy that's in charge of me. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So, but I just really had that, that drive. And, but also at that point, I also liked making money. Mm-hmm. And I had lawn care jobs. I was working at Big Wheel Rossi at the time, Subway. Holy shit. Is there St. Big Wheel Rossi's even around uh, anymore? Those are O'Reilly's now. Got you. Okay. Yep, that's who bought them. Yeah. Yeah. So it and was, you worked at Subway? At Subway. I was a sandwich <laughs> artist. What was your What was your number one go-to? Uh, just the ham and cheese. It was the easiest. That was your, that was your sandwich. Yeah, it was just easy. So when you're in the restaurant business, you always make something that's not on menu, yeah. and you would just try to kill yourself one night. What was the dumbest sandwich you ever made for yourself? Ooh, it was probably something Italian with meatballs and and pepperoni and lots of sauce and just over black the olives and. It's kind yeah. of who he is. He's kind of like the over the top guy. Yeah, <laughs> so I definitely did that a couple times. Uh, that was before for th- they had toasters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was all goo at you that point. You couldn't toast it. Yeah. yeah, it was all gooey. I uh, worked for the city of St. Paul at the same time at a rec mm-hmm. center so I could play basketball all the time. Sweet. Yeah. So it all worked out. Uh, I also got to coach soccer, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny because then I would make fun of it a lot. Because um, I could then at that point because I coached it. Why right, not? right, right. Uh, so I spent a lot of time making fun of it. Now my son's a, a goalie mm-hmm. <laughs> for soccer and he's killing it. And I, it's awesome. I, I appreciate it way more now that I understand it yeah. more than I did even when I was a Soccer can be brutal, and they give it's yeah. individuals that give the sport a bad name. I right. mean, the whole fake and crap. Yeah, exactly. So Why? Yeah. Um, but then basketball did the same thing, too. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I worked there, and then um, got to high school, and I just realized, you know, tech school is the way to go. You, get, you can go to get a two-year degree. And two you're, years, you're making money. And you're making money. Yeah. Where all my f- friends that were going to universities were four years out and, and back then tech school was like six grand for the two years i had already that's the other thing i walked out of that with zero debt because i've had already saved up from all my jobs yeah money yeah. I, I walked in i paid it off that's how out. you win um how i got into my first job after college was on we kind of talked about a little bit earlier is that i went in every day did all my labs got out of my labs and I went to go work right off the bat. So I'd always miss when they came in to recruit. Mm-hmm. But uh, Harris Mechanical at the time had left a note on the wall and said, hey, if, you, if you're interested, give us a call. We'll set up an interview. So that weekend, that Friday, I set up an interview with um, one of the vice presidents and one of the engineers there. And we went in, sat down, talked to him, explained what I was doing, um, the timing of when I could be out of college and then be into working for them. And a lot of it was, is they were allowing um, at work training. So if the employer would sign off, I wouldn't have to do any more labs. So I was like, this is even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things are getting paid. So I walked in, did the interview. They gave me, they were like, yeah, this is where it'll start. This is the benefits. This is what you'll be doing. And this is right when CAD is just starting to really take off. Everything's, I was also being taught hand drafting still at school right and then cat no one does hand drafting anymore do they? zero it's places all, it's all there's CAD. a few architects that have gone to jobs like yeah. we just got done doing this norway house yeah um for the norway um institute 
and their architects still do a lot of hands drawings. Yeah. It was beautiful. It's amazing, but it's a lost art. Yeah. Um, we get there and I go in for this interview and they're like, yeah, this is great. Da da da. I love it. And I'm like, oh, this would be a great first job. It's a mechanical. I liked structural at the time mm -hmm. for drafting. And I was like, well, too bad. I'm missing out on the structural, but if it works out. By the time I got home, there was a message on the answering machine. Still dating myself here. This right. is great. You checked the caller ID first. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, was there a um, caller ID at that time? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. thank you for that, yeah. Um, Bell North. <laughs> exactly. Hit the button on the white box for two ninety nine a month. <laughs> so uh, I get home and first message I hit, hey, if you can start this Friday, we'll give you another $3 an hour. And we'll I'm give like, you a pager. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. Called mm -hmm. him up. I was like, yeah, I can start Friday. Go in, start, work there for about two years, realized that if I didn't understand design, I'd have to move forward, that I wouldn't move forward at all. I'd just be sitting there drawing on a computer mm -hmm. day yeah. in, day out. Uh, figured out design, calculations, could start laying out jobs. Engineer could start reviewing it. They sign off on it. Now we're getting efficient. We can start doing some big projects. I can start laying things out. This is all great stuff. Uh, then I started getting people underneath me. It's all working great. I go in and sit in for one of my reviews. And the number one thing that hit me that day was, hey, yeah, you're doing great, but this is as, probably as far as you're ever gonna go. So this is what you're gonna probably be doing the rest of your life. And I'm like, this is not what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Right. So I put it out there in the world and I was just like, hey guys, I'm at year six, being with the company. I just had my five-year anniversary with you guys. I'm thinking I'm doing great. Um, I just feel like I'm not going anywhere. All of a sudden, about three months later, um, a need was came about, and they reached out, and they're like, hey, we really need another project engineer on a project. You want to do that? And I go, so this is a different company. No, same company. Same company. Same company. Same company. Yep. Okay. So they gave me an opportunity to grow. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm taking this. Yeah. I said, let's get me in that spot. And How did they take you serious? Because they already know you were part of the company, right? Or was it big enough? So these are the other things. Um, Harris Mechanical was probably about a 98 million a year company. Oh, huge company. Yeah. So they're doing great anyway. Nationwide. Huge. Yep. They're growing too. They're mm -hmm. putting offices in Salt Lake at that time in Arizona everywhere tax-friendly states yes smart they're doing great um, they're growing um, they they reached out and they said hey do you want to do this and I go hey I know I've never done this before but, but what can. I've been doing is and they're gonna put me on a project that I did the design on too oh sure so Got this you. is great um, I go hey let's talk in two months we'll talk about review then you can see if I did it I see if I like it I'm working here. We're doing great. Um, the reason why a couple people reached out is, and this will back up at year three, I was working probably 20 hours a day and I probably would never go home. I was drafting, falling asleep at work, waking up the next morning at one o'clock in the morning, drafting. So drafting. I'm not being a dick to you, nope. but you had no interest in it, it, it's it, i'm not in your sexuality yeah. but yeah no interest in women no interest in going out with the guys it was you were focused Bolts on work trucks i was buying bajas i was because i all i had was cash at that point i was just gotcha working. but you your, your number one thing was fo was work because work that's work. where you felt your comfort that's where you felt your, i grinded 
Yeah. I just wanted to grind. That's what and I you, knew. And, and you had a sense of accomplishment probably every day. Exactly. There's always it. something I was finishing and moving on to. Mm-hmm. And buildings. I mean, buildings, you, you see them being built. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want to see it every day. Every yeah. day. Yeah. yeah, I get it. So uh, we, we worked through all that, um, got out on the first project. And this would be year six. Everything's going great. I'm, my reviews are coming back great. And I go sit down with one of the vice presidents. And he was on his way out, but sat down with him. And he's just like, yeah, let's, let's talk about this again in a, another six to nine months. And I'm like, um, well, I need to, I, I, yeah. I don't understand. Let's talk now. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing this. How old are you at this time? Uh, let's see if that was seven years, 1999. So uh, you were right. 2006. 2006 ish. Yeah. Cause I left in 2007 from Harris. Okay, so in 2006? Yep. No. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yep. We had Lexi. We yep. just had Lexi. Hold on. So 2006, you're married already. I, no. No. We, so, I just I'm met. sorry. Nope. Okay. It's 2006, you met. We met in 2005. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, well, end of 2004 in December. Yep. Gotcha. And then uh, blind date set yep. up by his... Yeah, we'll go into that yeah. next. And yeah, might as well keep it in sequence. But, man, we had Lexi. Yeah. We were we were pregnant and it was a decision that you're like do I do this with a baby on the way right right so are, you're still working all these hours and you're like okay I have a kid coming mm-hmm. I have to change my uh, work habits mm-hmm. so I need to get promoted or get into a different position right and that's what you're asking and the guy's like six to eight months six nine months and you're like no 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 exactly now. yeah I mean. I've shown over my years of dedication. Who you are. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm going to be here. I'm going to get yep. it done. And um, one of the vice presidents, another vice president, because at that level, they're vice president heavy, of course. Yeah. <laughs> they have everybody gets a vice president title yep. when you get up to the top. And he, one of them had left mm-hmm. and moved on to MMC at that point. And we were talking, he's just like, hey, MMC's growing, they're doing big things, you should come talk to him. Ended up going over there, had like six interviews. And I'm like, mm-hmm. six interviews, this is never happening. Get to my last one and I, I, and I would say one of my best mentors ever. I go in and I sit down with um, Joe St. Martin and Chad Nelson, great people, owners of the, part owners of the companies um sit down this is like the sixth time that i've been in here now and they're just like i think we have a place for you that you just be perfect okay we're like all right so we get everything figured out i come over there i start grinding do the same thing because you got to start proving yourself to a whole nother yeah, right, organization right. so i start grinding i'm do running up down towers trying to get them passing i'm a project engineer there running around and then we were in a team meeting where all all the um, project managers were in once a week. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we're going to go after this job, Target Field. Mm-hmm. Like, I go. Target Field is the, where the Minnesota so Twins, Twins play. play. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to go after this job. And then we're looking for people that want to be part of this team. And I, like, raise my hand and no one else in the whole room raises their hand. And I Out go, of intimidation. Yeah, they're just like. Uh, well, it's a Morrison job. Morrison's one of the hardest contractors. They build all the stadiums around the twi- mm-hmm. the, uni- the world. The world right. yeah. And they're just like, I walk on, they're like, Chad walks back up to me and I've been there for now for like six months and he just goes, are you sure you want to do something like that? I'm like, 
yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah, they're do pe- this. They're people too. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, let's do this. So I could put on that team and pretty much set my career on a fast pace. Because now I'm in front of the, one of the largest customers yeah. doing one of the largest projects yeah. minus the Mall of America that MMC's ever done. And I learned so much. What's one thing about the Twin Stadium that no one would know about? Oh, the like mechanical room is beautiful. What? The mechanical room is beautiful. Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no one would know that, and lots of people wouldn't care. But they're normally in buildings that big, they get the smallest, minute little mechanical systems ever. Mm-hmm. And these ones have multi, this huge mechanical rooms all over the place that are beautiful, and they keep them spotless. I, I still stop there, even though I'm not part of their contracts anymore because I'm not with MMC, is just they take care of their building. A lot of buildings, I traveled at a lot of times to look at a lot of other stadiums. A lot of buildings just run down. But mm-hmm. it, I think it was also a timing thing. A lot of people didn't, they were just buildings that get used. Right. Now they're like faci- multi-billion dollar facilities that people want to keep running forever. So they put time and money into everything that they do to keep so them going. So they did it right. Yeah, they did a great job. And then they also hired some great people to run it that I still call my friends. So Good. Yeah. Um, so, and then on that target field, when you are on something for two and a half years, when you're building it, you get attached, you get attached. I, I can honestly say that opening day when they, everybody was lining up at the gates and Fox sports was sitting there and announcing at four o'clock in the morning about it. I was walking around at three o'clock in the morning in the building, making sure everything was ready. And I looked over it and I teared up. Because got emotional. Yeah, because you when they opened those gates and it became a living building. Yeah, it's no longer yours. It's everyone's. Everyone's and it's living, like it's doing what it's yeah. supposed to. Up yeah, to that an point. empty building dies. Yeah, yeah, it's just amazing. So um, that pretty much set my career off. Um, after that, did major data centers for United Health Group. Um, about three years after that, I ended up traveling out to South Dakota, building Denny Sanford Arena mm-hmm. um, for stampede mm-hmm. awesome opportunity there because that's where i really learned how the business worked right because i'm by myself now yeah in middle out in south dakota doing and the wife's at home taking care of kid kids yeah, yeah. yeah. 15 month baby at that point so you had your second kid yeah. yep I'm, I'm living in a townhouse in sioux falls south dakota five days a week he did right. take the dog I did take the dog. He did take the one dog. One thing off her plate. Did you fly back and forth or drive, drive back? Fuck. Because it's a two and a no, four, four, four hour. and a half hour drive. Yep. yep. He took the dog. Same boring ass. <laughs> the, only half of it's cl- boring. It's, yeah, it, it, well, it, after a while, it gets all boring. But yeah, 35 is probably the nicest part. Yeah. After you get past that, it's just. I-90 is like, just I, I kid that I could literally fall asleep on that drive. Yeah. And not even have a problem. Well, now you could. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would have been awesome. Yeah. I, I remember getting one of the, I picked out a card only because it had all wheel drive and I could put snow tires on it. Sure. Because yeah. I remember driving down once in one of the cars that I had while at working out there and getting hit by a side wind and it actually pushed, pushed me and slid me across the whole mm-hmm. highway at 65 miles an hour. Because, you know, I, with rallies, I always trailer my vehicle. Yeah. Dude, yeah. there's with th- Wyoming and shit like that. I mean, <laughs> you, you get pushed around. Oh, yeah. 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 You gotta have dually. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When you're hauling stuff. Yeah, you gotta for have sure. duels. Um, yeah. So that okay. was, so um 
I'm at MMC at that point, Target Field, UHG traveling. Um, I'm making my way up at MMC. I'm at that by the time I got to uh, 2017, I'm a senior project manager. I'm running multiple PMs underneath me that have uh, other PMs and they're running projects. And I'm I'm different. PM means project managers. Project managers. Yep. And uh, PE is project engineers, and they're like they're assistant to the project manager, and then I'm a senior project manager overseeing all different groups. Mm-hmm. So I'm running roughly at any given time at that point, fifteen to thirty million dollars worth of projects a year, making really good bonuses, making good money. Um, How old are you? Um, I'm de- let's see, that would have been 2017. So take ten. Mid thirties, so why don't you own anything yet? Uh, So MMC isn't to that, isn't that love? So while I was in the middle of that, MMC sold to API Group, which is a three billion year company that is corporate. So you now it's an ESOP company. Yep. At that point, Um, so at that point, I've already realized too. There's other things. I won't be an owner here, Mm -hmm. but. It's you can like, get paid well. It's a good company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um, and they had a great ESOP, so it was yeah. it was great. Um, but I just I I knew I wasn't going to ever move. La- I didn't want to lo- move laterally ever again. There's sure, just, sure, there's yeah, no yeah. reason to because it's always the same pay and you're. Yep. And I've seen enough in life that. Well, and every time you move, grass you isn't greener. Grinded, you know, you put the no, grind. People, in. some people think the grass is greener. It's, it's not. No, it ain't. No, it's just you're just changing spots. Yeah, it, every single pe- person has problems. Every single person has this and that. Every organization has an issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, oh, I went to place because uh, bad management or yeah employees. I'm like, hey, you're gonna have bad management wherever the hell you. Go. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. exactly work on where you're at. Yeah. So yeah. I'm doing great. I'm moving up in the company where I need to be. I'm I'm lining myself some great mentors. Mm-hmm. to show me how to do the next pieces because now I'm more customer relations and stuff. Uh, at that point, everything's great. I built all these relationships. Everything's right in place. I'm never going to move. And then uh, 2018, I get a phone call from one of my um, vet subcontractors mm-hmm. who I'm really good friends with and have done lots of projects with, uh, Andy Fetch. He owns Go Fetch Mechanical, which is a DBE contractor. And he's just like... Hey, and we had been working on some other stuff with them too to help them grow. So much smaller company. Yeah, much smaller, uh, roughly about twelve million a year. So you go from a billion dollar operation to a twelve twelve million dollar year yeah. operation. Okay. And he reaches out because he has cancer, but he wants someone to just come run his company while he's getting better. Got it. And I'm like, hey, let's the talk about it. If you're if this isn't a rush thing, this is a planning thing. Let's just talk through it. So this is probably October, November, 2018. So you brought Jan out of trust. Yep. Yep. So I'm already, I'm rolling along. Um, we're doing everything. And that December, you can tell he's kind of tapering off. He's not answering phone calls as what much. What kind of cancer? Um, that one would have been pancreatic. I think that's what his final cancer was. He had cancer th- two other times prior to that. Lymph nodes. That's the worst brain. one to get. Yep. Brain. He had brain cancer at one point too. They, um, they could fix that yeah. sometimes, but oh, they that, that was his first one. Yeah, yeah, he had that removed and everything was great. Yeah, pancreatic cancer. Yeah, not a good deal. So then um, by that December, he had, he's just like, yeah, I'm, you need to get over here. Let's get this figured out a little bit sooner. You're, let's, I'm going to have you talk to my, my wife and you guys get it negotiated. Uh, 
January 1st, he texts me, he goes, um, just gonna let you know that they just gave me three weeks to three months to live. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So we worked But he had a it. positive vibe. Yeah, he's like, but I'm still gonna beat this. I've beat this three times, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I'm gonna do this again. I said, all right, let's get this figured out. So we started hatching out contract. Got to back up a second. Yep. When cancer happens, mm-hmm. everything is put aside. Right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're thinking of your next breath. I've never had cancer. Mm-hmm. I have loved ones. I have my sister. Yeah. My dad. Uh, yeah. yeah it, that they have all beaten it. My yeah. dad too. Yep. We all know someone that's had cancer or is fighting cancer, going through cancer. And it does change everything. And, and you realize and it take and this is what sucks. It takes those kind of moments to realize what life is about. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not about a social media post. No. It's not about where you're going to go out to eat. It's not about do I have the coolest shoes in the room. Right. It's not about the the car Your you drive. Right. Priorities change. Oh my the way God. you look at something, the outcome of something changes. And why yeah. is it that most people don't love? I'm not getting hippie on anyone no. here, but how come they don't realize to love? siblings kids your spouse everything love more intensely right. until those moments happen right it's sad well mm-hmm. and on that and, note, and people argue about the dumbest shit yeah yeah instead yeah. of realizing and, and they, they stop doing it once they realize how fragile life is when yeah. you realize how fragile life is what someone says really doesn't have any effect on you because you no. realize hey right th- this is a short dance yeah yep. well like me, me and my dad when he got his number one priority was to go elk hunting together yeah. And then we had it all booked. And then the first year that we tried to go, unfortunately, the doctor was like, yeah, we're going to have to act. You're going to have to go through treatment. And he's, he's like, yeah, like, I'll do it in a couple of weeks when I get he's back. Like, no, you got to like, have to have your treatment now. Now. So then we postponed it. He got through his treatment. Everything's been clear. And we went out and elk hunted. And it was the greatest thing ever. Didn't get an elk that first year. But then the second year we went back out. And yeah, this year. Yeah, got one this year. Is so. your dad still alive? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So this is something that you guys are just going to keep doing. It. We're going to try to keep doing it. Yep. You got yep. it. Yeah, he, yeah. it's and more. He just got his good, like, all clear check. Again, mm-hmm. yeah. this last good. week. So that's awesome. So, yeah, it's more if he's capable to go, we're going. Yeah. And see, that's a good thing to get into. Yeah. See, now, the unfortunate part, my dad, my dad's still alive. We mm-hmm. still have our thing. Mm-hmm. And as Sutton could tell you, my dad's habit, it isn't going to elk hunting. It's going to buy another fucking tractor. <laughs> and then, and then. Listen, my dad it, lived for flea markets. It costs just as much as an elk, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah, yeah. but it, the elk you can eat and it's gone. <laughs> the, the tractor's still there. <laughs> it's just, it's, he's, a, he's excited about a 966. We got to find a 966. Okay, as you should. Yeah, yeah, we'll find it. Right, we'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just it, it's funny that you're not going to break that bond. You're not going to break the elk hunting. I'm not going right. to tell my dad no. You can't get that. It, right. It's just it's not going to happen. Right. And those are things that that's what life's about. Right. Yeah. Like the mo- the moment he seen me get my first elk. Yeah. Happiest time in his life. Right. He's just like this is amazing. Right. He was so happy. So yeah. happy. The, the the night before we had just missed the herd unfortunately right. and then the next day we went up there and it just all fell into place so the person yep. that hired you to run his company yes what was his name andy did andy not getting deep on you but i'm gonna yeah. ask these questions did andy look at you as 
uh, like a son type that he could trust or did he look as business manager that he could trust? Um, business manager that he, I, he could trust. Yeah. Because everything I had done up to that point was so nothing always was emotional. Make, it no, was all business. Everything was based on what I would make sure as him being a subcontractor to me at that point. Yeah. I, I had that integrity thing that he even said. He goes, the reason why, James, is everything you said you were to do, you did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything. T- take us a little sidebar real yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. Tell everyone what you do every morning. <laughs> no, just do it. Just yeah. do it. Well, I so can tell you they the they alarm goes uh, off at like 3.50 a.m. Right. <laughs> yeah. So every morning I get up and I go work out. Yep. And the reason why I work out is... What time? I'm, I'll get up between 3.40 and 4 o'clock every morning to go work out. Why? Because that's the time I have in my schedule to be able to make sure it happens. And I need to make sure it happens to get my day started because it, it's what gives me my energy for the day. I do the workout and I, the only reason I post it. Motivation. Is to create accountability for myself. Yeah, and you're not slacking. Mm. The pictures you can see that you're clearly beating the hell out of yourself. Yeah. yeah I'll, Alone. Lunges, yeah, I have to. It just, I used to go to a gym. And yeah. I did the same thing going to Lifetime. Yep. Yeah. Then COVID happened. COVID happened. Yeah. And so I built we my created own gym. our own gym. Yep. Which gave you the ability to sleep in like an extra 20 minutes. Yeah, right. It was great. Yeah. And then I hit the sauna for 30 minutes. And then we all get the sexy sauna photo. Of That's you. right. Every day. Yep. Yes. Every day. But 100%. The only reason. And I did not even. The few times that I first did it ever. Yeah. I didn't realize. It's expected now. We, it it, it we, is. Yeah. We expect to I see get, it. I yeah. get. If. If I don't, I'll get a call from my mom to see yeah. if I'm okay. What happened? Yeah, like she thinks um, you died or something. I will get a text from yeah. Frank, yeah, yeah. When, Frank when Ball. You, yeah, Frank Ball. <laughs> when you get things going on a, on a thing, people don't like when you change it up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I like a month ago, I felt bad because I was sick for a week. And I was you can like, still sign a motherfucker. <laughs> I didn't want to wake up in the morning though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to sleep and I want to get up and go to work. Okay, so back to yeah. why Andy thought Andy, right? Yep, Andy. Why Andy thought you were disciplined enough? I mean, yeah, this is who you are. Yeah, I, I mean, just, I grind. Yeah, you grind. I, yep. I I know that you have to put time and effort into work. Yeah, you don't miss. No, and I know that I want more every day, and I want to keep growing. That's mm-hmm. the number one thing I want to get out of it. And, and when I can see something, it just sits in my head. I just want to keep doing it to grow it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, also a, a hindrance cause that's what I just keep seeing and I want to grow and I want to build. That's the other thing. I like building things. I love building things. Um, there, there's an inside joke at our, at go fetch where I work and then at home, Cause we built a house this year mm-hmm. and the current owner, Nikki, Dutch, she was happy that I had a house to build. Cause then I would back off a little bit on wanting to keep growing the company. Cause yeah. that was another thing. Cause I always am looking at that next opportunity. What's the next space we can get into. I suppose um, Nikki doesn't like you growing the company because, and I'm not speaking for no. Nikki, but if you're growing the company, that means that she has to adapt to it and grow with the company Correct. too. Yeah, because there's more, more things work. to do. And she probably wasn't used to this workload that when Andy was around. Right. She was probably used to Andy's uh, schedule and Andy's um, mm-hmm. rate of getting things done. Right. Now you come in, you're an energized, faster mover than Andy was, mm-hmm. but she's still 
the wife. It's just you're not the husband now, but you're right. doing the husband's yeah. job. Yeah, I could say. So, yeah, I, I bet she was probably like, okay, he's going to focus on this. I can get back <laughs> oh, to it. Yeah, she was very excited about it, but I was like, listen, after this, it's you, can have, yeah, you right, can have him back. You can have him back. Yeah. So you, you what, what's her name? Uh, Nikki. Nikki. Yep. So you and Nikki worked together on this. You agreed to go work for this company. Yes. Yep. Right. So we're, we're at that point now. So now... Um, Everything happened. Uh, he passed away um, beginning of February of 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in the middle of the negotiation for s- signing my contract and when the ter- when I was going to terminate my current employer at MMC mm-hmm. and then move over to GoFetch. Did you have an attorney for this? Uh, we did. Yep. I had an attorney who, review contract. Yep. Yeah. Who, so you guys didn't share the same attorney? No, not at that okay. point. So uh, Fetch, you said GoFetch, yep. right? Yep. GoFetch had an attorney. And you two had an attorney. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got it. So then the contract signed where they pre- pre- presented in a, a contract, your attorney approved it, and then everyone signed. Yes. Yep. Got it. And then everything's put in effect. Yeah. Everything's in effect. Okay. Yep. So and we, now you're representing a company with, uh, I'm assuming, some sort of ownership. and about, uh, Soon to be. Yep. It was okay. set in not to be right away, but soon. Oh, so you had to do like... Um, Equity. What? Sweat equity. Sweat equity? Essentially. So was yeah. it a, uh, it was, was it called sweat equity or is it with yeah. like I a mean, trial um, process to yeah, find out? To see if we all were in, that's why. So it was a, a plan of three years. Um, so three years of basically apprenticeship yep. to learn if you Because I was not. also coming in from being a senior project manager, mm-hmm. never running a company. Um, the fun, I'll, I'll go back to Andy prior to everything happening is that that beginning of that December, I go, Andy, why do you think I can run this company? He goes, James, you already run $20 million year company. I'm running a company that's 12 million or 20, $20 million projects. Yeah. But I'm running a a 12 million million, company. Yeah. But I'm running $12 million company Mm -hmm. with half a brain because he had already had brain cancer. That's true. He goes, so if I'm able to do that, you got this. And the the beautiful thing about people that are dying they don't hold back. No, yet they tell you the truth. Yeah, they, he, they tell you the truth. Though. There was I mean, zero filter yeah, for him. None. He just like tell you how it is. Yeah. So you know that yeah. what you're hearing is, hey, I, I like, can believe in this. Yeah. If he believes in you as much, why don't you believe in yourself? Yeah. And then um, my mentor, Chad Nelson, who was the one of the previous owners of MMC, but one of the executives at that time, mm-hmm. um, I presented everything in front of him, and he wants me to grow. Yeah. Even if it means so he's leaving. happy for it. Yeah. Yeah. He reviews it and he goes, yeah, you know, that's, this is your next growth. If so what happened to the company you were working for? MMC? Yeah. Um, they, so since then they've been, uh, they were already owned by API group. Right, right. Which is a company that's um, worldwide, two to three billion at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, do you guys still have a working relationship with each other? Every day. Okay. Every day. Yep. They buy sheet metal from us. They buy we do contracts together yeah yeah, yep um i pretty much everyone i've ever worked for i have a contract with right now gotcha so i have great relationships um i keep with that being said they reviewed it and and he reviewed and he goes yeah you know this is your next step if that's what you want right and i go yeah i I want to learn that piece of it next so if i ask you some questions here you Mm -hmm. you got to protect yourself and i will Mm -hmm. try not to ask anything that's deep so has the three years come up yet? Yeah, we're we're just rolling into um, year five. 
we're going to be rolling. Year five. Into, you're going to be going into year five now. Has it has the working relationship and the transition been smooth? Uh, there, there's been some stuff um, right now. We're we're trying to work through our current contract. Got it. Um, uh, ownership hasn't been fully presented at this point, but mm-hmm. we're working through that also right now. Got it. And still looking at trying to keep growing the mm-hmm. company because that's every day I still have to sell. So, you, so you're you're still doing you're holding up your end of the bargain. Yeah, every good. day. Yep, that's uh, good. And that's what you got to do. As long as you hold up your end of the bargain, correct. the legal process and the lawyers will work out the rest. If if you have to get lawyers right. involved, yeah. yeah, which you should probably shouldn't have to, but you're no, doing your job. I think we should job. be able to work it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, some more good, great stuff about GoFetch. Um, when I walked in, they yeah. were a pipe fitting sheet metal shop only. Yeah. Um, number one thing that I wanted to get into was adding plumbing because if you have the three. Oh, yeah. your things then you're good to go um of course COVID happened so we we dialed back and we waited for another six months yeah and then we started a plumbing division a perfect project came up nice county job mm-hmm. with hennepin county on their adult correctional facility so you know you're getting paid we're getting well mm, that was they created <laughs> some shut up for real yeah there's some days they hit 120 days before we got paid um yeah, okay, but you still got it. We got yeah. it. Yeah, it wasn't but when you, you're anything. floating. Yeah, I got you, yeah. <laughs> that much cash, millions. Everything's floating, yeah. Yeah. Um, it becomes very stressful. But uh, we, I was able to bid a job that had a heavy plumbing, had pipe fitting, mm-hmm. and had sheet metal, and we got it. It was a $9.3 million contract for two and a half years. Perfect to start a division. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't have to go grind and get, like, a job every month to keep yep. it going. Um, got in a great superintendent to do that. Mm-hmm. It's been growing great. Uh, got that started. And then three months after that, I got an opportunity uh, from Egan Companies. They came in, asked me how everything was going, and uh, presented to me uh, an opportunity to either buy or incorporate into our, my current company, um, the company Fabduct, which was a fa- sheet metal fabrication company. Um, with that being said, is I buy sheet metal. I have to buy it from one of four sheet metal shops in the Twin Cities. Right. And was able to incorporate that right into the company and start making my own sheet metal. But the best part is selling to my competitors. So hold on. One of your suppliers you were able to buy. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you orchestrated that. Yep. Does your current own, not owner, does your current, uh, partner or whatever mm-hmm. does the wife understand that you did that yeah Ooh, yep. that's incredible i mean yeah and it was that a yeah i'm assuming multi-million dollar company also yeah yep and and oh, I'll, yeah and that kind of goes back to just your relationships and your networking that brings those opportunities to yeah. the door that's probably why she's upset with you because you keep growing the company you're making it bigger and bigger <laughs> right? so yes. now you're it, so now it's a pro- you're bringing another profitable company the yep. company that's already profitable yep yep so the bottom line is she's happy you're happy at a smaller rate you're happier right because of percentages i'm sure yeah but that that's that's amazing so mm-hmm. you, you got some acknowledgement for that hard work for bringing that on i mean you brought in a company and just absorbed it right it became a division uh the other part the reason why we didn't do it keep it as a separate company too is that as a division it follows under the same laws and mm-hmm. regulations because we are a women minority owned business majority that with that has 
opportunities for contracts. Yeah, she's an owner because he died, and she. Yep. I'm assuming you don't have 49% of the company. Not at this yet. point, no. Right. Yep. And so you, you say woman minority. Is she a minority or is it? Yep, Native American. Oh, wow, yep. cool. Yeah, so, and then that also gives those opportunities too because they have specific contracts for them. Correct. Yep, but then also when you have are subcontracted or purchased from, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll just use like MMCs and Harris's. Yep. When, if they get a contract, a lot of contracts are required to have this percentage. It's usually mm-hmm. 32% of your contract mm-hmm. have that much of a DBE um, involvement. So at that point, bringing them in, now all these companies that had to buy the sheet metal are getting another opportunity to have a percentage Right. Their job already being bought, you're which they're having that, to. Yeah, that division's getting an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, it wouldn't have been the same if it was a separate DBA because... Right. Or it wouldn't it, even it, been it, if it, it wasn't... It wouldn't even been a factor. Yeah. Correct. But But now that you brought it on... Yep. And as a division right underneath, then it didn't have to be yeah. reapplied for and gone through the... Was there writing. any turnover? None. Wow. So None. they they all knew you. Yep. We did that. And then we also signed them with a one-year contract bonus mm-hmm. that if they stayed for a year and they've yet stayed and they're they keep producing uh i'll i'll say right now when we bought it it was a 3.6 million we did mm-hmm. 5 million with them this year instantly improved one year yep wow yep are you working on any big projects right now that yeah uh we're still working on that one, um that hennepin county one we're just yeah. on our last year that one yeah uh, we're working down with uh, met council down at their um their maintenance facility down in Egan. That's sure. a two and a half year project. Uh, that one's booked. And then we have multiple little projects throughout the state mm-hmm. and every day negotiating other stuff, uh, doing stuff down at Abbott um, Hospital with uh, MMC right now. Uh, Harris, we're doing stuff down at Children's with them. So you never Ports. know where ownership opportunities are going to come from. No, no. There's always things all around and, and with and without you being part of the ownership group the company still would have survived but it wouldn't have thrived it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't right. be growing and you probably wouldn't have had this acquisition right yeah that that acquisition was um purely a friend stopping in mm-hmm. that i've known from my harris day so i had known them for 17 years yeah been engaged with them all those years and he he just said here's this or yeah. this of course, he came in with an NDA yeah, so yeah. He, yeah, before he wanted to talk that. about yeah. it. But the good thing is, is that NDA, he, he, they wrote it as, we're not going to talk to anyone else except right. for you about this until we have it resolved. Good. So as soon as we made that decision, we spent, and we did our due diligence. We did 11 months from the point when he introduced it, sitting down in, with lawyers, with accountants, making sure everybody was good. And, and they were... The best part was, and I'll be honest, is when they self-financed it to us. I mean, that was the heaven. Self-financed. Yep. So they in turn. So you don't have to deal with the banks. You don't deal with eight percent interest right now. And right, lump sum payments. Um, Yeah, it was great. It was the best opportunity. And in contracting, cash flow is the hardest thing. Yeah, it is. Your your jobs are up and down. You got to float other people. You got to wait for draws. Yeah, yeah. So you you always have up and down. So you you either want a service division that you're always billing for. Yeah, we hired your company. Yeah, guys came out and fixed our hood. You guys have been awesome. Yeah, we came out and uh, go go tried to figure out that one leak that one at one point. Yep. Um, 
Yeah. Just, service and maintenance is where you get the instant money here and here. Yeah. Here. It's yep. you bill for it. And in less yep. than 30 days, you should be paid. You get it. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's cash flowing in. And then with that being said is that bringing on Fabduct, same thing. Mm-hmm. You, you make a piece of metal for someone, you bill for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then 30 days. Because cash flow helps with payroll, stuff like that. Exactly. The big jobs come in, pays your equipment and your uh, material bills. Yeah. Your your power. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, everything. You yep. just, you need everything to be paid for. And that that was a nice piece. And um, once again, me wanting to grow, looking at another entity that has those kind of cash flow characteristics. Mm-hmm. It, you just need them. The more you do that, the... So you're not getting comfortable. You're just going to keep going and keep trying to... I mean, that's what I've done too. It's just, you got to just keep going. Yeah. Because once you stop, you start going backwards. You're right. either green and growing or ripe and rotting. No, and I'm, I'm not looking to make it a hundred million year company in the next five years, mm-hmm. but definitely the next, I always want to have that next step. Mm-hmm. I want to have that next thing so that if you don't have to subcontract to people, <laughs> that's the best. What I've learned with entrepreneurship is that you could be totally off on where you're going to be in five years, right? but you're not going to be off on the direction you're in. Right. You know, if you think you're going to be, you said a hundred million dollar company, you don't know. You could be 75, could be 80, could be exactly. 30. But long as it's moving forward. That's the key. Grow. In five years, you want to be, keep moving forward. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's all there is to it. Right. Let, and I'm not getting religious, but let God decide. Let your work ethic decide who you're going to be. I'm 100% on at. that. Yeah. yeah. Because opportunities just, I mean, fuck, dude, they just come out of nowhere I, sometimes. I'm, I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. Things fall in the place when they need yeah. to. You you just have to be willing to look for it. Yeah. If you're not. Yeah. And I've said this on other podcasts. Opportunities are in front of you. It's up to you to walk through. And to I make mean, them yours. Yeah. You, you got, you, those opportunities are there. You just have to recognize it and walk through the door. Yeah. And kind of go back to my workouts in the morning. That, that first sit down in when I sit down in the sauna to post that, mm-hmm. that's why I have to say those words. Just remind myself, go out there and own it for the day. Mm-hmm. Go grind. Be thankful because <laughs> I am definitely thankful. I'm thankful mm-hmm. that I met Michelle. I'm thankful that I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, every opportunity has been great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right this second with a whole bunch of opportunities every day in front of me. That's how I look at it. Let's talk about your lovely wife. Hi. How are you? So much I'm I fantastic. I, I'm a little uncomfortable with this openness in front of us, in between us. Because I know that you've probably thought about, yeah, I could do this, I could do that, and I could do this. I thought if this went sideways, there was enough room to work it out. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> the, you don't need much room, do you? <laughs> don't need much Tie room. Tie someone up like a pretzel, blow their fucking knees out. Yeah. So <laughs> Snapped her finger. Right. I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She could. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, where did you grow up? Tell us about yourself. Let's Man, I grew up in Coon Rapids, mm-hmm. um, have an older sister, an older brother and a younger sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents worked every day grinding. Uh, and then right after I met James, my, my dad got sick. Mm. He kind of had his first heart attack when he was 36. How old were you when you met James? 20. Just a kid. Just a kid. I mean, I literally met James. Me and James, we always laugh, but we met on a blind date hooked up by his cousin. I worked with his cousin. I just finished college. I went to school for a medical assistant. Just finished college. Out in my first job at the Coon Rapids Alina Clinic. Um, 
working in endocrinology and his cousin was a diabetic educator. Okay. And we would cross paths and talk about sliding insulin scales and what's going on. I had a new endocrinologist doctor and you explain to the people what's an endocrinologist endocrinologist <laughs> endocrinologist yeah so if you have like diabetes yep. and they said refer you to like a specialist yep. or thyroid issues gotcha. they refer you to a specialist you go see an endocrinologist understood so i was working there as a medical assistant and i would constantly go to his cousin janelle and ask her questions about it because i'm new green in the field new endocrinologist making sure that i'm relaying the correct information to the patients and everything she comes to me one day she goes you know i just had dinner with my cousin and i think you guys would be perfect for each other now, was he was he looking after for her for him or was she looking after for you well she approached me and said i just had dinner with my cousin for yeah. his birthday and i think you guys would really hit it off she she what my cousin really thought is i had no social life Right. I just worked all the time. We already established you didn't have a social life. He didn't. Life. He yeah. didn't. And I was thinking like, oh, okay, this is weird. I don't know you that well outside of work. It's not like yeah. we hung out or anything. Uh, okay. Um, she's like, well, we could do a double date. And I was like, mm, I'm not doing a double date. Yeah. So we actually and, exchanged. And, and neither of you knew that you guys were attractive people. You, you had no nothing, one ever seen anything. Nothing. So I actually, we talked on the phone. There was oh, no social media then. So, no, no social media. So when we got introduced, that, that was the greatest part is my cousin gives me the number mm -hmm. says hey she's gonna wait for a phone call yeah she knows you're gonna call i call and we i think we missed the first phone call because something was happening or yeah i was wise. helping out it was a group she was creeped out yeah, yeah she 100 she was and then we finally got the phone call to we finally were able to talk and we talked for like four hours four hours on the, on the phone. phone everything like, this was is clicking before facetime like, both of you are creepy now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before facetime before anything you yeah. know so uh so was it one of those after the end of four hours you guys are saying i love you to no, each other it was, it was crazy no. like, it was everything like, was clicking we're like all right this, th this little box weird. might have been checked like yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you always throw things out there total interview process right, right? just right. seeing if something's not going to click and where'd like, you go out to eat <laughs> oh god all right so well <laughs> yeah this was we we talked and we said okay we're gonna go out on friday night how far away do you live from apart well, from each other i'm in st paul and she was in coon rapids so yeah not it's not you're in the same town not yeah. not too far yeah minneapolis is still hopping yeah yeah blocky's still there yeah so okay. he decides that he's gonna come pick me up and at this point i've done with college i'm in my apartment with a, a girlfriend he comes picks me up you, so you let him come to your house to pick you up. I let him come to the apartment building. Yes. Oh, so you came outside. No. No, because uh, this was pre so what I'm I a do very, now. I'm, I'm a traditionalist romantic, so I walked up to, and I went to the door to yeah. meet her at her door. Yeah, and you have to buzz him in or whatever. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. And then this she is also prior says, to what I currently do. Yeah, this, uh, is, this is before your jiu-jitsu. Before my yeah. jiu-jitsu career okay. and everything. So he comes out, we go down to blocky and if you but know I pull up in the this is the, yeah if you know james nothing is he's always over the top right like the man pulls up in a white denali xl because that because once again it goes back to me SUV. i had money that i just had to yeah. spend yeah the and car I'm was like, clean and it's way overkill of a way vehicle overkill. way like too me. big you're like screaming hey i want to have kids or <laughs> let's go throw it out in the back because <laughs> you have such a big ass dumb vehicle <laughs> exactly but you know we went out we had dinner and it was i mean we we were together ever since like we 
there well, was a week you went you left to go to well let's Montana. go back to the date because i did that was me also way over top because i don't i just love doing stuff yeah you didn't get creeped out on the date because you already knew each other via the phone yeah right. we had such a great connection yeah, yeah. so that i was okay you kind of knew what off. you were getting into at that moment i like i, like I didn't know options. over the top I didn't know his over the topness. Did you bring flowers or some bullshit? That day I did not. No. So, but he like opened the doors for me. That's that's good. That's what you're supposed to do. We went to go to. We went down the blocky. Did you unlock the door for him when he went around to the other side? I should have. No. You didn't? No, he had Ooh. that little remote thing. So, <laughs> oh, he had a remote thing. Okay, so okay, we go okay. down the we go down the black E, and that happened to be one of the, my design projects. I had worked on that project. You didn't fucking nerd out on her. Nope, then, did didn't. Okay. I didn't. Got it. But I, I had worked on it <laughs> yeah. with Harris. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "All right, so where do we want to go?" And she's like, "I'm like, I have, I want to go to Hard Rock. Let's go to Hard yes. Rock and Hard have Rock Cafe. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was down there. So we go there, and we get in, and we're on a waiting list. And it's then we not go, there anymore, is nope. it? Because they've redone it. Now there's uh, Mayo Clinic there and the Timberwolves training facility, which I've had also got to be lucky enough to work on. But we're there and we had to wait for like a half an hour to get in. So we go up to the bookstore. We're reading through books. I'm just I'm doing everything to make try to make sure this is the right thing. So we go to dinner and I go, hey, what do you want to do after dinner? And we're eating and she's like, I don't know. I was like, well, we can go to movie theater. It's right up here. We can go to Timberwolves games. Now, like, keep in mind, I lived in Coon Rapids. My family did not travel very far outside of Coon Rapids. Yeah, so this is a new area. Going here. downtown was not a thing that Didn't I do it. ever did. Right. Yeah. Me, I go there all the time. So she goes, I go, you're down for anything? She's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, just wait here. And I go outside because the Timberwolves game just started. Scalper's right there. Scalp some tickets, yep. yeah. I go, give me the best tickets you have. So we're like 10 rows up. I right. go, we come back in. I go, we're going to go to Timberwolves game. She's like, what? Really? And then we go in and we're 10 rows up from the court. And she's like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, no, this is just what you do. This is yeah. crazy. This is, just, this this is, is not first yeah, date kind of right. stuff. Right. Like for, normal for him, but not for me. Right. Yeah, dating when you have no money versus dating when you have money. It's so different. It's fucking different worlds. Right. Yeah, and it, in my it mind, like, I was just like, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. So let's just do it. One, and I'm not making it funny, but one no. is getting Subway sandwiches and going up to a park and getting some scenery and then going for a walk mm-hmm. somewhere holding hands. That's what you do when you're broke. Right. When you have money, you get to go do whatever the hell you yeah. want. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, so we did, we went on the date. Yeah. And then he left for a week in Montana to go snowboarding, which would have been Christmas. But you knew about... Which was fine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we just went on one day. You know, we talked and then his, he broke his phone in Montana. So he had his sister call me. Cause the, where so I, you wouldn't be worried. Because this was once upon a... T- I mean, right. Flip phone still. Yeah, yeah I got you. Phone breaks. You're just done until it's you kind of funny you get to call home. your sister. I'm not taking anything yeah. away from the relationship. I know, I know. He but called his sister said, hey... Did you know about the sister at this time? I knew about the sister because we talked But you didn't have her phone number. No. Right? no. No, she had to get my phone number from college. like a piece of paper he had in his room. Oh, my God. And call me awesome. to have me call the hotel he was staying at. Because I phone. Yeah. <laughs> so that he could talk to me. And you didn't know jujitsu then, so he had no reason to be afraid of you at this no, time. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, then, minus her being Italian. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But and then we he came back and he's like, So all the guys are asking like if we're like dating or what what we are and I was like, Yeah, we're dating and we've been I mean, we've been together ever since. Shortly after that, like mm-hmm. shortly after that, we found out we were pregnant with Lexi. 
No shit. <laughs> like the medical system and depot yeah. failed, but yeah. that was how the world was supposed to be. We were supposed yeah, to have yeah. 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 supposed to be. We like and did you like his and I'm not picking on you, but did you like his dorkiness and stuff like that where it was like innocent? Because he's yeah. he's way cool now, but I'm imagining what he was like when yeah, you first he, that was It was yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a growing thing. No, no. Because I bet I you've made thought, him a lot more relaxed than yeah, what he was. I always thought like, what's wrong with this guy before I even physically met him? I'm like, God, you're 26. Obviously, the bar scene didn't work. Now, keep in mind, I you're was... You're not a bar guy. I was no. 20. You want to know what's funny. So it wasn't like I hit the bar scene. I didn't... Yeah. My dad was not the dad that you thought you could get a fake ID and get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I, so all my friends... So Paul Zindrick, everybody's from Hudson, right? Yeah. I spent more time in bars in Hudson... Yeah, than you're... Pre-21 than I did after I was 21. No shit. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> so funny. But, you know, then, I mean, fast forward, we found out we parents Lexi, we moving in together, we bought his grandma's townhouse, mm -hmm. um, and we just been together. And we you made were, it work. We yeah. made it work. We were together. We knew we were going to be together right away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just one of it's those things that, that we... You had a, I had that feel. I was we like, both knew, like, this was it. This was our mm -hmm. person. And then it took about, what, three and a half years after we got... Lexi and the house, everything, and he proposed. And so I had a and the reason it over took, the top, over James. the top. For, I from the day I was like six, I yeah. knew I want where if it was already in my head where I was going to propose to whoever I was going to propose to. It was mm -hmm. in Montana at at a campground at the bottom of the Beartooth Mountains. Leading up to that, did you you kind of had to know this is what he's doing. Well, no yeah, shooting. I mean, we knew we were always going to be together, but yeah. I. I wasn't one of those girls that like had to push a ring. I had to have comfortable. it. Because I didn't no, need it. No, you were it. comfortable with yeah. each other. Right. Yeah, I didn't need yeah, it. Yeah. And yeah. our focus was, oh my God, we're here. We're, we're moving in together. We have a kid to raise together. Mm -hmm. Like we knew we were going to be together. It just wasn't a matter like I had to have the ring. Yeah. And then in that whole process of time, my dad's health really took a turn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... um he 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 got really sick they had to move like the day we had lexi they were moving from their rambler home out to saint francis to an open floor plan because he lost his leg was in a wheelchair damn and so and then once he was there he went into hospice he was probably our longest hospice patient at that time I've moved a couple of times throughout the medical career, mm -hmm. and I was actually working in a home care and hospice. So I kind of how was his mind? Oh, good. Good. I mean, just yeah. the body was given out. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of things. He had, it was kind of like a snowball effect that had happened, and like once one thing goes, yeah. everything kind of goes. And um, but he had a chance to meet James. Yeah, him yeah. and James yeah. had a great relationship yeah, together. I mean, he so, was. I, I mean. He was awesome. He was an awesome guy. And and her, your parents obviously loved her. Yeah. 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 It yeah. Was, it so was it just great. worked out. And yeah. he got to meet Lexi. I mean, he had my, there's eight grandchildren on that side mm -hmm. of my family and he got to meet two of them, but Lexi was the one that was here. I mean, Good. they would, he'd sit in his wheelchair at the island and they would make little Play-Doh cookies and flip them with, you know, spatulas. Good. You know, so he passed away right after we got married. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we made got, sure everything was kind of planned we have, very well. Yep, and then, yeah, we've just... Been together. Been together ever since, right? And we've been married, and fast forward to kind of why I'm here. What do I do now? And 
Lexi was seven. She decided that she he tried soccer, wasn't her thing. Horseback she tried riding. gymnastics, wasn't her thing. Horseback well, riding. Horseback riding. Well, gymnastics was her thing, but they wanted her to move up and go like four nights a week. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted her to start competing at that competition level, and she was in kindergarten. And I was like, four Ouch. hours, four nights yeah, a week. Not <laughs> yeah. This is not, she's seven. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to Try do horses. something. Well, she, she did horses for a little bit, and then Thank she God was like, you didn't get into horses. She liked them. <laughs> and but then the day she told me that she wanted to do Taekwondo, I was like, oh. she was like, I want to do karate. And dad's like, yes. So then he found Excel Martial Arts in Woodbury, yeah. and we signed her up for Taekwondo. Yeah. She's done Taekwondo for about a year or so, and then they offered a, well, they've always offered a Gracie Jiu Jitsu program, but yeah. they are bringing on the Women Empowerment Program. Got it. So this is women's self-defense through Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. And they had a big special going on, like all the moms could train for free for May and see if you like it. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I have no experience, but one of the other moms was like, let's do this together. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do this. That was your heroine. Yeah, we went in and first class, not for me. Wasn't for her thing at all. And How about I, you? I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. And it was it was very intimidating. I always tell everybody, I'm like, you guys, I have no athletic background as far as martial arts when I started. Mm-hmm. I started in my 30s. I started jiu-jitsu in my 30s. And no athletic background. I came in and everybody that was there was very small program still. We're all black belts in Taekwondo. They had martial arts experience. Mm-hmm. They were just doing this because it was a new program offered. And so people that don't know, Taekwondo is more of a striking. Yeah, standing, you, striking. Yeah, I mean, if you guys stood up and did Taekwondo, you guys would actually have bruises. Yeah. Where yes. Jiu-Jitsu, you guys could tie each other in pretzel. And yes, you so know you know the, the point of damage yep. or you know when you're going to get fucked up yep. without having to hurt someone. So the best way to explain it, like, Jiu-Jitsu is what what you do when the fight goes to the ground which happens in or every how fight you su- right. how you survive you know in every street mm-hmm. fight typically it's about 20 30 seconds and you're going to the ground and if you can't get that knockout punch in that amount of time you're going to the ground and then what you know you're rolling that's where, around and trying to get back is. up and yeah. And jiu-jitsu it just ties you up like a spider yeah you stay yeah there. you can yeah so then i started the women empowerment program and went through getting my pink belt at that point it was like a 1.0 version the first came out um what's your ranking now i have two i have a 1.0 certification in women empowerment as an instructor i have a 2.0 certification in women empowerment as an instructor with the gracies with the gracie university mm-hmm. and i have a blue belt in actual, in combatives, actual combatives and nice. i have the same belt yep. gotcha yep. I, so, I had a journey of like three years to get to that, but yeah. And so yeah. I, 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 I trained for a whole year. I took my test and the owner of the school, the program was really designed to have a woman run it. And he was Absolutely. running the program and he's like, Hey, what do you think about running this program? I want you to go down and get your certification. I was like, okay, at that time, in order to get your certification, you had to have your, your blue belt. And I didn't have that. I only had the Wii, but they made it a possible. The Gracies said, okay, well, you can get an assistant instructor certification. So I went and got my assistant instructor certification, which the Gracies have laid out a program that has a very good checks and balance. Not everything in martial arts has that checks and balance, but the Gracies have laid it out. Like, Not only do you have to show that you can teach the material that we 
we show you, you have to come down and you have to record it on video and show it to us and you have to come down and have a seminar here to get your instructorship and we want to see you do it again. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we want you to put it into play and create a pink belt. And then that by creating a pink belt and recording that pink belt and having them pass the test shows us that you know how to teach every aspect of that program. So what Jesus Christ is to the religion of Christianity, the Gracies is the the stamp of jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah, they, yeah. they really... Of, is it Brazil? Brazilian yeah. jiu-jitsu, they brought it over here and started it in a garage. And um, yeah, it is the... Well, and kind of to give the, like the marketing side of it, right? Yeah. They're the ones that are the initial starters of the UFC. They're yeah, they, the ones that sold it to the, oh, the no Dana kidding. White group. <laughs> no kidding. They That's started, because awesome. what it, the UFC was designed to do is prove that a the, smaller person with jiu-jitsu can go and anyone. fight any skill level of any and, combat sport. And that's when they had fists. Yeah, they that's could do when they talked they about like, the they first... They could gouge. Yeah. Elbow, yeah, yeah, could, yeah, I remember that. Eight, nine elbows could Tank still Abbott, go. Yep. Yep. Well, and that's like, if you look at the early UFCs, there was no weight class. Because... No shit. There were zero weight classes for the first like, two so years. So Grandmaster Elio Gracie weighed 140 pounds. Yeah. And he developed Gracie Jiu-Jitsu because he did not have the physical strength to beat somebody 100 pounds more than him. He had to rely on leverage and technique and timing of that technique and control. to be able to defeat that opponent. And that's where the Women Empowerment Program kind of came in. It was really, it's designed for women. Well, and you know? it was actually started by Henner in Huron, but then when Eve Gracie, Got, was married to Henry. Yeah, she brought the she program. She re-looked at it and goes, no, you're looking at, we need to make this for women. Like, yeah. yes, you're trying. Oh, so it's taking advantage of, okay, yep. you do not get offended here, no one. No. Nope. It's taking advantage of probably leg strength versus upper body strength for guys, correct? No, not really at all. It's nope. a, it's okay. a leverage and technique is what okay. it is. So um, actually women are really good at jujitsu and the reason is, is they can check the ego at the door. Oh yeah, men come in women and have, are much clearer thinkers. Than yeah, they, what, so, men come in and they have this big ego, like yeah. I'm going to crush you, and I'll, women are like, "All right." My like, example was I started jujitsu, of course, guy, right? Yeah. Thinking I can strengthen, go through anything with strength. Yeah. I'm competing against, learning against people. Technique wins every I time. I spent a year going home and icing and taking Advil, and because I just wouldn't let it happen. You I didn't just, let it flow I to just where was it was. I just was fighting everything with strength. Mm -hmm. Took a year for me to think about it, get through that whole process. Yeah. And all of a sudden when I did it, I just sit there and I flow. Very few injuries at that point. Yeah. So when you, do you call it sparring when you practice mm -hmm. and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, so, yep. And there's different, so there's different programs within the Gracies. You start with, there's the Women Empowerment Program I run. Yeah. And it is a completely different mindset than the combatives program that is a co-ed program got it that you can start off in and that's for more street self-defense so the women empowerment program that i deal with has they they talk about like the most common threats to women in like sexual assaults and they did studies on this and they put okay there's over 600 techniques in gracie jiu-jitsu constantly you know and they're evolving every day more techniques but they reviewed it and said okay out of those 600 techniques 
according to our studies and working with law enforcement, we think that these 20 techniques are something that women really need to know in order to survive an assault. Now, these are the most common threats, not all of them, but the most common threats they see. In pre-production, compared to the chess. Yeah, it is yeah, chess. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is a... The Women Empowerment Program is a mindset that you're worth defending. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not, and that's where that empowerment word comes from, is that you're worth defending, you yeah, know? Yeah, you're, you're billing, you're, you're not just billing, you're billing character also with teaching women how to yeah. just be badass. So yeah. where does that come down to, you know? Like we're teaching just awareness yeah, and self-confidence and how to set boundaries. Yeah. And and the, here's the biggest thing, and the one, this program is designed for when I love to like, I wish this program was in schools. Like, I feel like when I get high school students, like you're going off to college and you have some kind of base and foundation to protect yourself mm-hmm. because the most hardest thing you will ever learn to do is to set a boundary with someone, whether that is, it's easy to set a boundary with a stranger but over 70% of assaults happen with non-strangers, somebody that we know, somebody that we let in somebody our inner trust. circle, yeah. somebody that we let in our inner circle and trust. And you can set a boundary, but if you don't have the tools to back up that boundary, they know that, and they that boundary is no longer and really w- a boundary. Right, and without this, you make compromises and things happen. It's like, okay, that shouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah. 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 And it prevents it. Yeah, and it's just the the tools that they need in order to do that. You know, the boundary setting. And then now when you give them the tools, that's where the empowerment comes from. Like, And, and why wouldn't this be something that the, you would teach? Oh, uh, what What's bad about it? We're, there's none. There's nothing bad about it. Yeah. No, it's, it, it gives you confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, peop, I mean, if you take your time, it's all it is is a counter. So you're not striking, you're not hitting. You're, yeah. No, it's as I, safe as these people doing Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah. I love seeing women in Greco-Roman yeah. wrestling, but in, in, in jiu-jitsu, I bet there is a huge liability that the schools are like, hey, yeah, we ain't touching this. Because yeah. well, of yeah. lack of knowledge. Well, right. and I don't well, think that there's the right... law enforcement, too. Yeah, I, I mean, think. law enforcement, if this was something that was put in front of law enforcement, too, that's the biggest thing. Well, and they do have the... I mean, there are... The Graces have a GST program that is designed for law enforcement yeah. and if you I was just saying tools yeah. to de-escalate situations, but the the reason why it's not brought out or there's not a big following for it for women is because they don't think that they're a target. They don't mm. think it's gonna happen to them. It's gonna. Mm-hmm. And the studies show it is. I mean, what is it? One of every four? One in every four girls will get sexually assaulted. Sexually assaulted in their life. In some way. In some way. Yeah, yeah I got you. And, yeah. and whether it was a non-stranger where the boundaries went further than they were when they wanted them to go, mm-hmm. um, or that partner didn't take no for an answer. Or someone was drunk. And, and someone yeah. was drunk. Yeah. And, and the awareness that comes with the program, there's all these mindset minutes that we talk about in like, one of the big things is like, well, why we have awareness of yeah. situations you're depending on how you grow up, you have an awareness of what's going on. You have that gut intuition right. of what's going on. You're like, oh, these spidey senses of something's not right. Mm-hmm. Right. But what were you told at a younger age when you had those? 
oh, you're too emotional. Oh, just don't make a scene. Don't stare at somebody. It's not polite. Think of all the things that we've said. I mean, I've caught myself before I even learned this program. I'd say to Lexi, like, okay, don't stare. It's not, it's not polite to stare. You know? Now I'm like, stare them down. Yeah, you're analyzing. How you're, am I going to yeah, break this fucker's just, arm? You just have to, you're more aware of what's going on around you. And when you're aware of things, you see things differently. And I think when you see things differently, then you can, and you have the tools that the program gives you, then you can start analyzing situations of where is the risk factor here? Mm-hmm. You know, I, should you have to go around your whole life and have to be aware of everything that's going around all the time, you would be exhausted. How about the confidence level? Yeah. And the confidence level, you know, and so studies show like in order for an assault to happen, you have to have three things. You have to have a perpetrator or bad guy. Yeah. They have to have a target. True. You have to have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have those three things, it can't happen. I give this scenario in one of them. takes away the opportunity. It doesn't take away the opportunity altogether, um, but it allows you to your analyze awareness your awareness yeah. is when you're, when you're heightened, when you have to heighten your awareness is when that opportunity is available. And when is, what do they mean by opportunity available? We mean by bystander intervention, mm-hmm. you know, like we always say the scenario in class is you could go out, go grocery shopping, or your daughters could go grocery shopping and there could be a level three sex offender right there. Wouldn't even know it. Wouldn't know it. Now you have a bad guy and they have a target, but they don't have the opportunity because you're in a grocery store. Did you see the video posted in the last 24 hours of that woman working out in her... Yeah. The Gracie's already reposted it. Yeah. She was just working out in her gym, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she opened the door. And she opened the door just being casual, being nice, being Mm -hmm. friendly. And that guy just, you know, slowly stalked her. And you know what? She fought for her life. What if she would just been submissive? What if she would just been like... And you could tell she didn't have any training. But you know what? It, her instincts, her instincts kicked in. Mm-hmm. Now imagine if she would have had training, that guy would have a broken arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's what we do, right? Or that's like the nice thing. She wouldn't home. even let him in. Because yeah. at that point in her mind, she would have been like, Oh, yeah, good yes. point. She and wouldn't it, have let him in. Yeah, she would have been like, things. This is not the right situation yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's there's a, a lot point. of things that mm-hmm. where you're like, you reanalyze or look at things differently and say, No, I'm here by myself. And yeah. I, if this guy was supposed to be a member of the gym, he should have a key card. I've, I've yeah. never seen him here before. Or, you know, it's kind of like. Yeah, that woman lost big, innocence yeah. that night. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, she did. Yep. We had just had some good friends over and they told us a story and college campus. It's, and they have and a friend that was. This, it happened multiple times multiple this year Multiple times this year. Different things. Um, but in this particular scenario, there was a couple of, of girls coming in and. There was a guy sitting in a room and these girls all thought that somebody in the group had knew known him. him. Yeah, yeah. No one no, knew him. No one knew him. Because they weren't talking amongst themselves going, hey, who's this fucking jackass? Yeah. No yeah. one knew him and he was just sitting there. And it, this, this, it escalated and nobody knew what to do about it. Hmm. You know? So we... Twin just, Cities campus. Not good. Right down the road. You know? I mean, so yeah, if you see something, say something. If something's not feeling right, that's why God gave you a gut instinct. You mm-hmm. know, but that's Trust probably it. like, how yep. did he get there? Well, probably somebody held the door open for him. Or he's been planning it. Or he's been planning it and he knows when to go in and out or, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so there's kind of things like that's that heightened awareness yeah. that we, we teach. It's like not only do you get the tools in the program to be able to 
have the boundaries and enforce the boundaries, but then what to do and what to read the situation and and how to de-escalize that or or remove yourself from it. And then if if that's not an option, mm-hmm. how to use those tools to prevent the opportunity to get away or end a life if needed. Or just keep you your know? life. Or to keep your life. I mean, those are the things that, it's the world we live in, but we want to put blinders on because we don't want to think that we live in that world. Oh, yeah. And you also, it's, you could go a million different directions in this conversation right, right. now. Mm-hmm. And it, we just won't. But the problem is, is that you, you can't trust anyone anymore. Nope. No, it's sad. Mm-hmm. It's, you can't. True. Nope. it's true. It's true. You got to stick with your circles. You got to stick with the people that you know. Yeah. I know as I and get even older. even that takes time. The circle to, gets smaller. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you're right. Yeah, when, and it's something that's talked about all the time in every one of your podcasts. Yeah, everyone. Anytime we talk, I mean, everyone now. Yeah, the circle has to get smaller. Yeah, when the elevator goes to the top floor, what do you do? You let people off. Yeah, nope. that's all there is to it. And yep. It's not a bad thing. Nope. You could still have all the love and respect for that person. Correct. But it, you, you it, the ride's over. Right. Yeah. You know, you got to get on your own elevator and get going. But right. I, I remember my dad. I, I was popular in high school, and I still remember my dad going. Uh, when you get to be my age, and his age at that time was 36, he goes, if you have five friends, that's it. That's, you, you'll be lucky if you have five friends. And it, it's, I, I call one person 10 times a day. You know, his yeah. name's Trevor. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's my guy. I mean, it, it's just, you can have a bunch of acquaintances. You can have rally friends, like we're rally friends. Yeah. But it, it's just, your inner circle has to be tight because at the end of the day, you got, you got to have trust. If you don't have trust, you have nothing. Well, and yeah. you only have so much capacity. Yeah, yeah. You want to give good, good. Right. Uh, you want to give quality. Thank you, quality right. friendship back. Yeah. And yeah, it's tough. It's yep. tough. It's tough. And it's like uh, childhood friend Buzzy. You know, I we don't talk a lot hardly at all. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If we did, it would just pick up right where it left off. It right. wouldn't be yep. a thing at all. But he's got his family. Their kids, kids are going to college. I mean, got my thing. He's got his career. I got my career. Exactly. Doesn't mean I don't love him. No, you know? right. It's just things that you know. It's just change. Life. Life. Well, it's happening. not even a bad thing. It's, it's gonna be happening. timing. Like in yeah. five years, it'll be a different relationship. Oh yeah, it, it, yeah it's. Right. I guarantee you, he's one of those guys that you're gonna be sitting on the back porch with when the careers are over, smoking a cigar, right? Talking about good old days. I right. mean, that yeah. You always keep those people around. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But it's just the recognizing of that inner circle right and And, and having the awareness and the awareness of it and the ability to set boundaries Mm -hmm. and and be able to enforce those boundaries and then i mean the beauty i always tell in class is like we have one particular class that we do is like a lot of boundary setting and it's like what happens when you set a boundary and then that person doesn't respect the boundary you set right you automatically know they don't respect you and that boundary. It, it's like they showed their hand, Yeah. you know, and now you can decide now what to do with that. Well, if they don't respect that boundary, that relationship is never going to be saved. No, right. no, Ever. right. No. But like yeah. now, but now, you know, it's done. It's but now, it's you done. know, right. yeah. now, you know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have phases that we talk about in the program stranger and non-stranger and those phases help us identify what their their plan is in an assault so like the non-stranger phases we have you know first it's 
they are kind of getting in your circle, mm -hmm. you know, and then it's, um, then they, you know, over time you accept them in the circle and you accept the behavior and then they take advantage of that, you know, because there's a situation that presents itself, you know? So when you know that and you have that boundary setting and you establish that and they show their cards are not respecting that boundary, automatically now you're thinking about not putting yourself in a, in a situation alone. Right. You know, or redirecting. But, it, but it's also a deterrent. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone like um, you, Dar Lexi, knowing that you know about her, you know, she's at the age where she's going to start dating eventually. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if boys come in, they go, okay, this is what I know about her. They're going to know right away. Okay. I, you, there's no fucking around here. This is a, this woman can harm me if I cross a line. I think that was probably the best thing when James said, like, Lexi wants to try karate and we got found Taekwondo. He's like, I never have to worry about it then you never have to yeah, worry it, about it like yeah. and I, I think that's part of the reason not only does she have like a crazy busy schedule we won't even get into but the fact that like when boys hear that she's a third degree black belt mm -hmm. they get scared of her and dad's okay with that yeah 100 yeah it i was just like hey guess what it, that just creates it and i always say tools it, yeah it's just one tool that gives her that one extra chance, right? I'm there's the conceal carry. You can go one way because yeah, you're not always going to be there. No, but yeah. if you have a tool, mm -hmm. that's it. Just gives you a, a peace of mind that all right, that phone call is one less chance that it's that phone call. Right, and and the difference between having boys and girls is this: you right. already know that when you have a girl, you have to worry about every dick in the world right and when you have a guy when you have a boy right. it's just one yeah you know it's just like hey this is how you treat women right oh. right you gotta be respectful when you when you have daughters how the fuck are you going to teach every boy you gotta right. just hope that they have a good role model in their life you yeah. gotta hope they have good parents yeah. and it does not need to be a good dad in life or a good mom just uh, role models there are moms that could fucking be great for their son great step oh, yeah 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 great stepdads great bonus, teachers bonus yeah. great yep. coach i mean yeah people there's so many people that help society yeah with it, with it, getting through yeah when you hear it takes a tribe it does it, does. it yeah. really does yeah even i mean even for married people i mean mm -hmm. couples it still takes a tribe yeah you need everybody around you to mm -hmm. get to the end game so but the fact that she has the tools to yeah. tools be able to do it, not she only does she have to be independent. Yeah. Yeah. She has the, not only the Taekwondo background, but she has jujitsu too, mm -hmm. you know, and she has enough of it that if she needed it, she could do it and, and protect herself. You know, do you guys ever get a chance to, to fuck around and just beat on each other and stuff like that? Oh, we, yeah. we don't do it too much anymore unless we're at the school, but my God, like three weeks ago, Lexi started on me. And then, just you, randomly just fucking the with nerf you. guns came out upstairs mm. it was it and, was a, and then it escalated to hand to hand yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you something i want you to take this to heart so my dad and i would just he and this is where i, I learned how to fight and wrestle it was he would wrestle all the time right and it, it was just we could not walk past each other without going at it right <laughs> And the saddest thing, and I'm not going to get emotional about it, 
is I never, ever in my life thought I could ever beat him. I swear to you on this. When I was in my 20s, we'd still, we'd still wrestle. Right. And manhandled. Yeah. Manhandled. And, and being in the bar business, I've been in an altercation. It's like, fuck, dude, this is, this is no big deal. Right. And, but when it comes to your dad, there's certain rules you have to abide by, but right. the dad has no fucking rules. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, I, just I, not kill you. Right. right. I remember yeah. the one time I had an advantage and my dad just went all fucking mean and jailhouse on me. Yeah. Nothing bad, but it was just like, you know, he grabbed something he shouldn't have. And it was like, okay, yep, you won. You'll go that far. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and but it, it, what I'm getting at is that it is the point now where I can out wrestle him or overpower him, but I, that's sad. I know. Yeah. It's you know gonna what I mean? Flip. It's yeah. gonna flip. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's gonna flip. And you don't want it to because it means so much to her right. to be doing that to you. Oh, yeah. Like Sutton right here. I mean, it, it's, we fuck around all the time. I mean, I will, I mean, and he's strong. He's a fucking little ox, but I still have the advantage. So it's just, I'm taking full, you know, right. full advantage of it. I mean, he'll start giggling. We'll both start laughing. We'll start hyperventilating because we're laughing so hard right. over anything. Yeah. And he's ticklish like a fucking Elmo doll. <laughs> oh, that's and almost as bad as you. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's fun. So as long as you can have those moments, don't fucking stop because oh, yeah. it's the best. Yeah. So we, we get to roll. Um, it just, uh, the, the last, I would say six months. Oh, it's been so crazy. I mean, we moved three times because yeah. uh, we moved out of our house because we sold it. We moved in into Oakdale. a rental mm -hmm. and then we were building a house and then moved into our house. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, it was, it's just been insane that we Payton. haven't been. Peyton's on... now involved with sports. So now yeah. he's, so we're running places. In so we can't get, but now that we got the gym rebuilt at our house, mm -hmm. we have mats back down. We can start. And everything's yeah. kind so. of now settled. Yeah. It's like okay, now we gotta get back into the grind got you. of it. Yep, you know, back and to living, back back to the training, back on the mat. You know, I I teach two nights a week, and I would go, but I need to keep going. You know. Yep. So and I have a question for you. I've never been choked out, and I know that part of your training, you probably have to experience it once. I'm sure. I've no. I mean, you 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 can get close to it without having close. to go all the way. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, what's it? What's it? Like, so do you even know what's everybody happening? is different, different. Um, and everybody's level is a little bit different. Uh, like for like a rear naked choke is what you're yeah. talking about. Like, you know, that you see all the time on UFC. Um, well, I saw for a training purpose in some military branch, they, they did it and the guy came to, he's like, did it happen yet? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, he didn't even know. So right. we'll like, there's a lot of awareness of when you're choking any kind of time you're doing any choke on somebody. So the reality of it is. If somebody is going to choke you, it's going to take six to eight seconds to render you unconscious to mm -hmm. stop the blood on your carotids from going to the brain and you will pass out. But the, the scary part is, is however long they hold it, that's usually how long you're going to be. So if, if you let go right away, when the tap happens, you're going to pop back up. You're going to think nothing's happened. That's what you see in the UFC fights, right. you know, when they get the tap and all of a sudden they, they keep fighting yeah, yeah. because they don't even realize that it happened as soon as the blood flows again. I've seen those. Yep. 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 Then you get to the more if you hold it for 30 seconds. That's bad. You're 30 seconds, you're, uh, you're causing some permanent brain damage mm -hmm. there. 30 to 40 seconds, permanent brain damage. 
anything 45 seconds or over it's a life and it again could be. we're gonna say this no one should fucking do this unless no. you have training right right like you and so well, yeah and yeah. we do it in the in the environment and like i said everybody is different sometimes we'll talk about like you might see the tunnel kind of close a is little that bit. what happens you yes. just, some people some people will see where sometimes the, it goes fast the light of the tunnel kind of closes a little Most bit people it's uh and then, and then it goes fast and some people don't see light at all they just feel that sensation like i'm kind of getting lightheaded mm-hmm. you know and obviously in training environments we that's when you need to tap you can't tap right when your your neck is wrapped and they haven't applied the choke right and you can't tap out of pain because we want it to be a blood choke um but that's kind of like we know the boundaries of it all you know no, and I've it been, goes back to that we talked about this the respect of a tap too oh yeah yeah, the yeah, most oh, yeah. dude it's, yeah people are super respectful but yeah now with it, it's with when i say people like you it's martial arts and stuff yep. like that right when we're, we're fucking around and you put me in something where it's like when i feel that pain how far away is it from breaking or tearing like when it's just like a little bit of a oh fuck that could really do some damage it depends are, are you on talking the, just like a little bit more no, and it's done? it depends on the body part yeah, it really depends it on the body yeah. part and it depends um on the pain tolerance of somebody and the flexibility mm-hmm. of somebody mm-hmm. so at those equations are something that if you were ever if if i was ever attacked i wouldn't know the bad guys you're pain. just full strength right there. right you know so it's yeah. like or full speed. a lot of other martial arts self-defense for women and there's a lot of programs out there and i'm they all have their own thing but you always get oh well kick them in the grind right gouge out the eye right well you're relying on pain tolerance and And everybody's pain tolerance especially everybody's pain tolerance Mm -hmm. is different that's without any alcohol or any kind of street drug in it right so if you have if somebody's choking you and you have six to eight seconds before you know you get rendered unconscious you have to come up with a solution in six to eight seconds and if that kick to the groin doesn't work what are you gonna do and usually that person's now mad now probably tear out someone's but you're seven seconds are up Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. that's I know the thing. About so that. he should say to the choke. To yeah. the choke. Is that's like your what you know. One thing because yeah. you so, can get away from someone by the time they distance. wake up. Yeah. Great so distance, it kind right. of like everything when it comes to a joint lock, a choke uh, of any sort, it's pain tolerance. Do bones bend? No, they break. They just break. Yeah. Ligaments, ligaments. You can tear ligaments and everything, but they bend. I'd say. But bones break. The the ones that are, I would say that most people are most scared of, and it's further in the jujitsu career is your ankle locks, your knee oh, locks. Yeah. Ankles, oh yeah. Those things. Ankles, shoulders, elbows, those things, knees. Very little movement is needed to wreck them. Your shoulders. It depends on the person. What. what oh how yeah, tight like they are. I have super Wrists sensitive shoulders. Like my shoulders are, the range of motion in them are terrible. So when somebody puts me in a Kimura, it takes, it takes like, yeah, we do, we do knife and gun defenses in the women empowerment program. And Mm -hmm. in those knife and gun defenses, um, the bad guy is in between the, the woman's legs, you know, the worst possible position which in our program is the most empowering position. That's where we have the most control. That's where mm-hmm. jujitsu people When you want know jujitsu. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but 
they you can go ahead and do a Kimura from that position, you know, and we do it with and without weapons, you know, and you can break their arm, like you can break the shoulder and, and put excruciating pain on it. And everybody's arm gets to a point where that joint lock will come in. It's just how how much leverage you usually it's like a difference of an inch and a half difference with people now people are going to be able to see on social media you're tagged on and stuff i want you to say it on here too for the record for people that listen to it on spotify or watch it on spotify and other parts so so yeah if you're looking at getting into like a women's self-defense program Mm -hmm. um we're right here local in woodbury yep and but there were graces are all over the world yeah. And so all you have to do to, to find us is go to gracieuniversity.com forward slash Woodbury. Right. Um, but you could go to Gracie University and just put in your zip code and find a training center near you and then find out if they offer the women empowerment program for the ladies and the combatives program for the co-ed class um, and, and start your journey. Not only is it hard work, but it's also rewarding and, and it, it's, it's gotta be fun. I mean, it's fun. I mean, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it and I didn't believe the program was a, absolutely necessary for women. And a big misconception about martial arts is that it, it's not expensive. No, I mean, it's it, it, dude, a YMCA membership is $120. Yeah, it's plus not, I mean, it's not expensive. Uh, it's a, it, it's an investment in yourself. Yeah. You know, it's a tool that hopefully you'll never need, but you will always have. Mm-hmm. And you get so much more out of it besides the combat. Besides, oh, yeah. the you get exercise. Yeah, it's, I mean, that, it's very it's a great exercise. Great, great exercise for your health. It's great for long term friendships. It's great just to have. We talked before about like the confidence mm-hmm. that it it gives you, and a lot of big misconceptions with with that martial arts. Is I I can't do that. Oh yeah, you can. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't have any athletic bone in my body. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I started my journey when I was 30. I didn't have, I wasn't very athletic. You know, at that time I had two kids. Right. You know, it was my escape. It was the one hour, two hours I gave myself a week that I got to do just me and work on just me and be a better me you know, and realize that I needed to do that so that if anything happened, I could, I could protect myself and not leave them behind. Right. You know, without a mom, if the worst case scenario happened, you know, without and, and, a and, wife. And when you, and when you have kids, your rage level can go to a whole new fucking level. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, yeah. And you have more to lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not just yourself It's not, not, no offense, but like, yeah, when you, when you become a parent, you're, there's a switch that happens, you know, it's not all, it's not about you, you you know, Mm, no, no, you didn't didn't know that when you signed up for that 18 plus year contract. (laughs) No one told you that. I mean, the lifetime contract. Yeah. Yeah, but What I'm saying is that you're taught how to love your parents, your aunt and uncles, your cousins. Right. Then you, you learn how to love someone else. You learn how to fall in love and mm-hmm. how to get your heart broken yeah but it, when you hold your kid for the first time you realize where the fuck was no one told me this is right. how cool this is yeah. no one told me that this is a brand new feeling it shouldn't even be called love it's a totally different it's right. a different it's a, feeling it's, it's an a attachment. different yeah it's a <laughs> it's completely it's a different whole right. different part of your heart i mean it, it's it's wow yeah yeah and now all of a sudden 
if you take yourself out of the equation, there's a lot that's missing. A void. A huge void yeah. that. Yep, and a big mess. Yeah. Yep. So that's what I like always tell like everybody who says, I don't have time to do this. I'm a mom. I'm like, you don't have time not to do you it. You don't have right. time not to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, or it, I'm so busy with school. I like my daughters, but they're so busy with everything. And I was like, but they're going to be going off to college. I said this in another podcast. It's if you think it's, it's costing a lot now, try, you know, looking at the price tag of regret. Right. Oh yeah. It's, it's big. Yeah. Yeah. Life. <laughs> you don't want to have those. No, you don't. You, want don't. To have it. you just you don't, because you can never. You'll never be able to buy it. That's the one thing you can never buy. And that's like if I ever, if something ever happened to me, I have the tools to hopefully survive that, and be able to go walk away saying I'm still here for my family. But if I didn't have those tools, to even have the mindset that I can defend myself. I've, I've, I've lost yourself. the battle before it even started right. and my kids lost a mom, you lost a what, And there's yeah. just, that's nothing that you're going to get back. Yeah. You know, like you, you have to across the board, no matter if it's martial arts, you have to invest in yourself. In On a lighter note, if you ever had to go to prison, you'd run it. I'd be fine. <laughs> I'd, be fine. I'd be fine that's a funny joke too it's, <laughs> you, just, you just say it with a straight face i'd, I'd be, be fine. fine i'd be, I'm I'd okay. be fine if that meant to, if i had to do something to get to that point yeah. to protect it'd be for anything, your kids yeah, yeah I, it would be fine you know we always say that you know just because i have these skills and Don't the gracies will tell you these too you know just because you have these skills if somebody came up and wanted to carjack me, I'd give them my keys if my kids weren't in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. I give them my keys. Because none it, of those things matter. Because nope. none of those Long things matter. Because I would need to get back home to my kids. Now, if my kids were in the vehicles and they were in car seats, there's Someone's a whole, dying. there's a whole different, that's a whole different scenario. Yeah, someone's Right, dying. because now right. that mama bear comes out, yeah. that parent that, you yeah. know, and you're just like, but if I, was by myself and somebody tried to rob me, I'd give him my purse. I find this out too. When you have the tools to prevent something, like if you see something happening, you just don't let it happen though too. Right. Yeah, you learn how to read the situation or be more aware. And you right? watch it, you, you know it's gonna happen. You know it, you yeah. look at it differently. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since I started the program and I've learned this mindset, like it's funny, but we've trained Lexi now too if you walk into a restaurant, I can tell you where the exits are and how many people are working. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Where I, where, her, her, where when she I walks s- into school classrooms, Yep. Mm-hmm. she picks all her. You analyze everything. You, yeah. you look at things differently because you're not looking at it like with blinders on, like everything's going to be okay. I look at it as if something happened, if something happened right now, what would I do? Right. And I don't know that that's being paranoid. I think it's being prepared. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no. People don't want to admit, admit that it. there's there's Problems. bad things, and this is a problem. And you and I could go down this huge fucking rabbit hole. Right. Oh yeah, and a lot of it's political too. Right. Oh yeah. Where where it's just nope, you're fine. No one's ever gonna harm you. No one, no every. That's laws. kind of where we get back to that you. awareness. Like, what are you told you when you're your parent when you yeah. have kids and they're like, it's okay, it's okay. You you're fine. You're fine. You're overreacting. Yeah. You know, no, they felt something in that moment yeah. that they right. that triggered 
something that we needed to be aware of, you know, and that's kind of like where these tools come into. And I, I mean, you just look at things different. How I get gas is different. How, where I park in a parking lot is different. Mm-hmm. You know, where I sit at a restaurant, where I will always back my vehicle into a spot. I've never pulled into a spot either. I pull through a back end, always. Yeah. And that's just me because I'm like, if I had to jump into that vehicle because somebody has threatened my life in that parking lot, the last thing I want to try to do is reverse out of it and hit them. Or, or just not be able to go anywhere. Not be able to go. I mean, if I get gas, I make sure that I'm not on an end pump. Yep. And I make sure that I try to get gas where there's only one pump, not two. You know, but if I'm pulling through, I'm not parking ever behind somebody to get gas. I will wait in the car until I can pull through. I will. I just don't get out of the vehicle. When when I'm in the rally car, especially in the rally car, and, and I've talked about with Sutton and my wife, obviously, when, you know, pull up. You're at a stoplight. Like, Why did you pull up? <laughs> no. Yeah. Because right? I want to be able to drop a gear. So growing up and being in St. Paul and Minneapolis, seen plenty of carjackings. Yeah. You if you don't have an out, you don't have a chance. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, then, and then that's And they just, wait for that. And again, right. they're, they're they waiting know. for that. They yep, know. They like, know. I used yep. to work down at Abbott, and I was pregnant with Lexi when I was working down at Abbott. Not the best area to work down, and I was working some night shifts there. And none of this jiu-jitsu yet. None yeah, no, of right. jiu-jitsu, yeah, right. you know? And you had to walk to get to the parking ramp. Yeah. You weren't, there wasn't on-site parking. You had to walk to it, so you had to go. And even through the tunnels at night. Tunnels yeah, cameras are, weren't not, high def. None they, of it. They, you know, yeah, yeah. I'd have. I would have. Shit. I would call security, and they would walk me right to my vehicle. Mm-hmm. And then when you left, you just—it was known in that area at that time of night. Like you slow down for red lights, but you don't stop for them. But you don't stop and wait to turn them turn green. Right. Yep. You just don't do it. And that was pre jujitsu. Now I look at it and go, oh my God, how many times was I put into a situation that could have gone bad? Could have gone the wrong way. Right? Could have gone the wrong way. I mean, even after her training, the things that I've learned, I was working in Minneapolis in the Skyway areas down mm-hmm. at Target Center, and I'd be walking around and I'm, and I, you could just, you, you can almost just see every potential victim because they got headphones on. Yep. They're looking down. Dumbest fucking thing is and when they have exactly headphones. And that's exactly what the bad guys are looking for. You don't see the you don't hear the person you walking hear, up behind you. You don't even see the people walking right. up in front of you. And I mean, phones. It's like, <laughs> and that's just kind of the thing. That's what the bad guys looking for. They want a quick, easy target to get into isolation to carry out. They look for the kids scrolling on their fucking phones. That's phone what they're looking for. Quick, down. easy, quiet. And the worst part is, it's men, it's women, it's kids. It it doesn't even matter anymore. It's so, just yeah, like, like I'm walking around going. I was I was feeling sick that day when I it like it hit me. I'm like, none of these people know. They don't no, know what's they're, going they're on. They're next. They're yeah. just next. Yeah. Gazelle. They're just gazelles walking yeah. around. Yeah. And next. now it's like, okay, I am I am aware of it that there presents that opportunity for that assault to happen. Mm-hmm. And when that opportunity presents itself, I understand that my awareness needs to be elevated. You know, so my phone's put away. I'm all, I'm looking. I'm scanning. I'm walking tall. And you like know what that does? Your body posture tells a lot. Right. And you know what that does? That takes you off their list. Exactly. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you see them. Yeah. You're no longer that easy target. Yeah. And sometimes that's enough. 
It is absolutely. It's enough. Sometimes that's a, just enough to it, avoid it, they, where they're like, "I don't absolutely. want that one. I'm going to wait for the next one." Guys will look at other guys and say, oh, "Fuck, that guy looks like he can take a punch. I ain't. I'm not dealing with that." Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, but because that's what they look for. You talking about the thirty oh, second yeah. thing? You're looking for someone that's going to go down fast. Right. Yep. Because you don't want this to be a game. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So it's just kind of being aware of that, and I mean, that's why I feel so passionate about the program mm-hmm. because I feel like. There's just essential things that we've lost along the way. And and it's easy fixes to do. Just the awareness, just understanding just how you walk and present yourself. And, you know, understanding the stages and understanding, like, we call it the conversational web, you know, where they're trying to get closer to you. Yeah. You know, and just, you know, being aware of those situations and then, having the tools to be able to protect yourself if a situation arises and read that sooner than later. And this came up when, during the conversation, just in the last five minutes, kids shouldn't be allowed to have smartphones until they're like 21. They should have to do it on a computer. (laughs) Can you imagine if every kid had a flip phone, they would never get in the habit of just walking and scrolling, walking and scrolling, walking and scrolling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But they don't make flip phones that are dumb but reliable anymore and, no. and yep. it's part that sucks they don't connect to anything <laughs> then it's up for the parents to be like you need to put your phone in and be aware of what's going on around you you know but mm. unfortunately what do you see the parents doing yeah you know? well look, look at lebron james shot yeah you know it's all fucking cell phones except for there, there's actually two people in that picture just watching an old lady and an old right. man sitting right there exactly yep. and, and i it I got a lot of shit with Gumball for not taking a lot of footage. It's like, dude, I was living it. Right. Yeah, you're in the moment. Yeah. You're being aware of everything well, and just absorbing. Yeah, everything. I mean, rally. That it makes you do that. Yeah, though. I watched it with my eyes. Yeah. I wasn't worried about cameras and right. shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but rally. I mean, that's my one time that I ever disconnect. I mean, that's because mentally, and you guys talked about many in a times, car, you have to disconnect. You, you just have to. You can't. There's too many things when going you're on. when you're yep. when you're rolling on the mats. You're not fucking thinking about nope. work. Nope. Nope. Because you can't. You can't. You got to yep. be thinking. You're going to be ten tied moves ahead, up, too. tapping out, just right. going fuck again. Yeah. Yeah. You know? How did I find myself in this situation, and how can I fix it? What can I do? You know. And that's yeah. when we're rolling. That's why we talk like it's a game of chest. Mm-hmm. Usually, when I'm rolling, I'm just trying to think about breathing. Like, mm-hmm. okay, what's my next that's breath going to be? Thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. what a game comes down to. Is like you know, but it's right. like yeah trying to conserve energy and exhaust the opponent, the bad guy, where then you can capitalize on a mistake. Right. Because when are they going to make a mistake? When they're exhausted. Yeah, when they're exhausted. That, that's everything in life. Right. When you start to give in, when you mentally start to shut down, give in and accept death or accept failure, accept the loss. Right. That's where it's like, okay, here, we're just going to speed it up a little bit. Yep. There's mm-hmm. your mistake. Exactly. And like what you said before, you just bait. You bait them into things. Yep. Yeah, and you just read it. Like, if one door closes because something didn't work, there's an opportunity presents for three other options. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what it is. That's where the chess game comes in. You know, and that's kind of like we have all the different stages in the Women Empowerment Program, you know, to set that boundary. And if that boundary fails, like, how to enforce it standing. And if we get taken to the ground, then now what do we do? You know, and what environment are we in? Are we locked in a room or are we out in a parking lot? You know, like all those scenarios give us the opportunity to get up and get away if we need to. Or 
I give you or teach you the tools to say, if it's killed or be killed, let me show you what you could do as an option, but you choose. It's your choice. You can't fail. It's your choice. You just have all of the tools to make the decision. And whatever you decide is the right decision because you decided that decision. And it's not to say that nothing's going to happen. I mean, it's not nothing's foolproof either. Right. But you you have to have an opportunity. You have greater odds. Yes. If you don't have the opportunity, Mm -hmm. then it's an automatic fail. Mm -hmm. And in life, you got to have opportunities to succeed. And if you don't have a tool, you're never going to do it. Anything else you guys want to add? This is fun. This is fun. Thanks yeah. for having us. We got to an hour 51. Nice. Dang. That is good. Yeah. What else we, we we, we, Wheeler was like, you know, why, why do you, why do you get him stretched out? I'm like, cause we don't really, we really don't keep track. And Wheeler, <laughs> Wheeler's trying to, Wheeler's so much more, uh, he's so much better at this cause you know, he understands the strategy and stuff like breaking up and yeah. having things at 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. Yeah. But it's, it, we're just different reasons. I just do this for my own personal self. I mean, I just like to do it and get a chance to document yeah. people. It's forever. Right. Document a period of their time. And it also gives uh, people an opportunity to tell, tell their story a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. And reach out and yeah, help somebody that may need it. Right. That's, that's what you know? it is. So any closing statements out of either of you? Uh, I mean, thank you again. Because normally when we have any engagement, it's, hey, what's up? Yep. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's always short. Yeah. yeah. Or we're running and doing something. Right. Or we're doing something together, but it's never sit down, chill, right. talk, get to know each other a little bit right. more. So yeah. We got to bring on Lexi next time because it's just, yeah, you know, it, it, she's going to have an interesting story. Yeah. And yeah, she's a has a... She's got a lot going on. Yeah, she's yeah. got a journey going on. She's so. got a journey going on. It's it's rewarding as parents to see where it's going to go. And I've seen some of her uh, competition stuff that she's been doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean. She's all over the place right now with all of the different groups that she's in, but she's crushing it. And and we've talked to her a little bit about She's like, I don't know how not to be busy. Right. I don't. She gets that from the grind you know like she sees it you know and that's what i mean that's probably the biggest compliment or reward we get is that you know she sees us grind and then they do it you know and And you get a front row seat to success yeah yeah and then peyton's the next storybook like he's just starting to take off and yeah coding is his thing and soccer i mean those are his two worlds how old is he 11 yeah he's coding at 11 isn't that crazy yeah it's insane like like at first I was like a little against Minecraft. I'm like, I'm not a big video game person mm-hmm. at all. And then he started doing it. He's like, no, no, I get to write my own code. I'm like, yeah. what? When did you learn that? Oh, we went to the science thing at school and he, they taught us this. And you're like, what? Yeah. And he like <laughs> loves coding, loves computers and soccer. Yeah. So it's been a fun And journey. this is why you got to keep vehicles that don't have computers in them. This is why you got to have a tractor that doesn't have a computer in it. Because... <sighs> These kids, yeah. as much as they're growing and being yeah. good, you know, one out of the hundred is going to turn into a little fucker and shut shit down. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> like that. Uh, well, that was the, one of the cars that I would like to have in the future is like just a regular 5.0 Mustang. Yeah. And a Lincoln Continental. Yeah. Why? Because they're, they're both garbage. Yeah. <laughs> but they're easy to work on. Yeah. Yep. And I'm a GM guy. So yeah. I'm just like, but those are the, I mean, now this was years they need ago. To be worked on though. So that's why too. Right. Yeah. Do you remember that it was a Chrysler or a Jeep or something like that? 
but they proved that they could have it steer yeah. through through uh, a Wi-Fi signal. Yeah. They could steer it and stop it. Yes. It was a Chrysler. It yeah. was a Chrysler. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just... It was a 300. How'd they get discovered? Oh, some kid just, just hacked fucking it. around. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's scary shit. I well, mean, Elon Musk saying that he wants hackers to figure out how to hack their his cars. Yeah, because then he wants to hire them. Right. Yeah. Because everybody's going to... if us being performance people, if I ever get an electric vehicle like that, I will want to figure out how to make it more performance-based. Hey, we had a kid, Sutton, what was that kid's name worked for us? That had the uh, Tesla? So we had this kid named Derek, right? High school kid. And you know, when you see uh, staff, you just talk to him shortly. So, you know, what do you get going? I'm working to earn a, get a Tesla in my head. I'm like, yeah, good luck, kid. You know, have fun with that. Yeah. <clears throat> Months later, he has one. And <laughs> you're like, I, I, you're I, I, finally, it just changed. I'm like, you know what? It's kids like you that gives me hope for the future. Right. Yep. And he's like, oh, yeah, go out there. Because this is at exit four. And I go out there and he goes, what color was it? Because I came back and I go, it was like dim blue. It was like lit up with a blue hue on the outside, inside. Because, yeah. yeah, I did that. And I go, cool. What else can you do to it? I have it now where it starts up sounding like some car. I don't right. know what it was. I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, and the horn's this and that. I'm like, you're doing all that to it? Yeah, I do all that. I'm like, fuck, dude. Exactly. Please don't ever turn into a terrorist. You right. Because right. <laughs> it's so easy. It's so easy. Right. But that, that's like the, probably one of the top five reasons why I'm getting the GTO restored. Not this, the 16 right, the GTO. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, you're not going to hack that motherfucker. Mm-mm. The right? 1206, you're never going to hack that. Nope. So, nope. It, you know, Sutton and I, we always got a way out of town, I guess. But yeah. it, it's... Don't forget Doug, though. No. <laughs> no, can't forget <laughs> Doug. There's always room for Doug. But this is why I think everyone has to have that old farm truck. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you never fucking know. I mean, we don't realize how dependent on fucking Wi-Fi we are. And I don't mean to get on a swearing tangent, but oh, it's no. true. The power goes out. We had an eagle three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Sutton. The eagle hit the power line. <laughs> you know anything about this? Yeah. So an eagle hit a power line and our power was out for like four hours. Like yeah. this whole top of the right. hill part. And like, a bald eagle hit a power line. You know how many times I hit a fucking light switch out of stupidity and, you know, normalcy? How many times I went to go to the refrigerator or go outside? It's like refrigerator lights, like duh, power's yep. up. Oh yeah, you go to you know you turn it. Oh, okay, there's no computer. Oh, you can't watch the TV, right. and you don't realize it because you're so fucking conditioned on it. Right. How about we don't realize how bad it's going to be if we ever lost cell service? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, if that. Well, just think of well, like you, you grab your phone a hundred times without even knowing it. and everything like that. You know, well, back to radio. When people lost their minds. TVs, yeah. When yeah. people lost their minds when the airports had to shut down because they lost air traffic control. Yeah. Just this year. I mean, it's weird. It's weird how I, I don't want to say that we're fragile, but it's weird how fragile we are because we haven't been conditioning ourselves. We haven't been thinking about, right. okay, what if we didn't have this? Exactly. Yep. I mean, you know, I have books because it, it's still entertainment without anything going on. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's all I've read over, over there. It's exactly. Just, you you got to have some sort of. I don't normalcy. And, and the thing is, 
like Sutton here, he used to read all the time, right? The kids don't read a lot anymore. No. The middle kid who does not have social media, right? Seabass has no social media. She doesn't use it at all. Yeah. She reads all the time. Right. The older and the younger daughter, no, they don't read. Because they got Instagram. They got reels. They got this. They got yeah. all this bullshit that distracts their mind. Where Charlie grabs a book and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I read the whole thing. I'm like, damn, kid. Yeah. Did you start that like three hours ago? Yeah, I kind of <laughs> envy how fast oh. Sutton and, and Charlie can read books. If I, I mean, can read a yeah. book that fast. Oh, that'd be so great. I, me, 10 pages, I, I start, it's like I'm reading like every fifth word and it's like, okay, stop. I've, I've got this smart now, intelligence yeah. now and it took me till in my mid forties to just stop and punish yourself. It's just like, reread that last page. Oh, yeah. you can't do it? Put the book down. You're going to do it tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got you got to keep those fundamentals. And handwriting was the last time you guys hand wrote. I do it all the time. Do you? I still try to do it with checks, certain checks I'll the, handwrite. The funny thing is I am still a big incursive. And mm-hmm. so like that's becoming like Morse code nowadays, you know. Doesn't that suck? You know, but I'm like, it's I. It's not even taught in school anymore. It is. No, it, barely. It, well, Peyton's starting to learn. He just hates it. It's going to be like a one week course. Yeah, they don't They do not do very. He's like, oh man, I got. I think he has it does it in science class of all mm-hmm. class. I got science. That's like ten minutes we have to do handwriting. And I was like, Well that's I don't I don't know any other way to write. I've got an old school anal, uh, analog watch. Mm-hmm. And I think the kids could do it now because I've I've pissed them off enough. But there was a time when, when the wife was like, Go see if they can read your watch. <laughs> Put it right in front because it doesn't have numbers, it has lines. Yeah. yeah. And you get that blank look. We had, like, we've, we've had enough clocks in our houses. We've always yeah. had. Yeah. Like, we'll just analogs. ask them to read it. Yeah. 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 It takes, it's not as instantaneous as for you mm-hmm. and I to look at it, you know, cause that's, yeah. you know, are you like, but to it, look it's, at it's a fine us. line. Like Sutton's 28. He can read a clock. Right. And Denman is 19 and there was a problem. We're talking a 10 year little oh, gap. Yeah. Right. Of te- and that's well, that's the when technology, technology, yes. technology, technology the Apple phone, there, you know, smartphones, you just look right there. You got it right there. You got it right there. Well, I mean, every, you know, Fitbits, it's, it's just a t- the time's right there. Exactly. You don't have to read it. You don't have to analyze yeah. it. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what my, do they have in schools? Is it a digital clock? Yeah. yeah. Most of them are So it's digital. not the old. Nope. It depends on, yeah, but for us, I mean, well, I work over at the Somerset High hey, School now, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, we have a. The old school clock and it's the got kitchen. the sweeping red hand that you yep. would yeah. like swear it slowed down if you're staring at it. Yep. Well, but usually most the of them are of now. Day. Yeah, most of them are all digital. Hmm. I mean, and every kid has a cell phone and a watch. You know, it feel like it. Everybody has like a digital digital watch or. We're not any better because we gave so our kids those things, but yeah. yeah. No, no, I get I'm it. Right. It's, it's just, just you, part should, of it. you still try to teach them some yeah. of the old ways. Yeah. 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 Well, like when I, they got their watches, I set them up with analog faces on them. Sure. Because I'm like, that that looks way cooler, too. Yeah. I'm like. Yep. Oh, it's interesting. Catches someone's eye. It's yeah. like, well, what time is that? You know? Yeah. I got Peyton, though. I, he's a watch kick. So we walk into watch stores, and he always loves the analogs. No. Cool. He's like, I want that. I want one of those. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of with the kids. With us, it was common sense to the kids. It's kind of a. A novelty, uh, it, but it's also a symbol of success. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're not gonna wear an old school watch like that unless you got something going on. It right. Seems like, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. That's all I got. Yeah, me yeah. too. I mean, yeah, it's 
been great knowing you. So that I mean, yeah, I'm glad you're here. Awesome. Glad you guys yeah, came in. You I, so I knew I wanted you here. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's forever going to be your guys's couch with all the you know guests that we have in yeah. here. Yeah, I'm gonna start scheduling. And we're more glad people. that we were able to break it in. For yeah. You. yeah, you guys broke in the couch. You could say that <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're past two hours, Sutton. It's all I got. Tune in next week. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much.